Let's review our vocabulary on generative. One use of the word generative is when it's generative traits, like all of our PFPs. Generative because the traits were generated and layered. The second use of generative is how it's used on our blocks, something like a Fidenza, where there's code that was written to generate the visual output. The third use of generative is in AI, where you go to mid-journey and you generate images using text prompts or other cues. Rubber is AI generated. It is not comparable to a Fidenza. There is no code involved to generate it. It has been done using mid-journey. Have you listened to Coffee with Captain? Bro, I'm listening to it right now. Oh. Welcome to Coffee with Captain GM GM. Thanks so much for joining us. If you haven't already done so, drop us a GM in the chat. The space is linked up above all the way to the right. Appreciate any love on that one. The, the reposts, the likes, the bookmarks, all are appreciated. I, I think everyone in here at this point has heard about Steve's book. If not, go give that tweet some love up above as well. Go go purchase a copy. If you've been procrastinating and haven't left your five-star Amazon review yet, what are you doing, people? Steve, we wake up. We're back. You know how I know we're back? It's uh, I'm actually going to slight delay here until we get Poppy on stage. But we're definitely back. I know we're back for two reasons. I woke up this morning to, to find two things. One... I fell asleep before the mint of the night occurred and, and uh, rubbers from our guy, uh, Pop Punk, uh, OG in the space, dropped a 1,000 art collection on Solana. It's ripped up to nearly 20 Solana. I actually like the art. It's very Fidenza vibes-esque to me. And, and there's not really a preeminent art collection per se on Solana. So I, I, out of my, I'm not, I don't have a desire to go drop 20 soul and chase something today, but... Would not be surprised to see this continues its rip. Um, but not only do I know I'm back because I missed the, I fell asleep before the hot mint. I also had some, I, I did the, I, like, I'm back. I'm back in my dumb bull market conservative ways. Instead of just pulling the trigger on things, I get cute and start making weath offers. And in particular, last night, I made a particular weath, weath offer on a quirky and it's, it is, it's matching quirkling and only to wake up to find that. Floors have been swept up a couple times overnight and quirkies keep pumping. My Weath offer is no longer valid as those have already sold. But here we are. I am uh, stepping over dollars to pick up dimes in the, uh, in the NFT street, Steve. This is literally what happened to you with the Bored Ape, right? I mean, like this is like, this is what happened to you with Bored Apes. It's like you got some, but you missed others because you were out there uh, out there weathing around. And so, no, I, I, I look, I, I'm a big believer in like, I can't even remember the last time I had a weath offer accepted. It's, it's so bad. Like I, like no one accepts my weath offers. Oh, people only dump into weath bids except for mine. And then when I, if I like, here's the new, here is the meta. Here's the new alpha. If I'm placing a weath, weath offer, that's your sign that we're like sweeps on that collection are imminent. And and you should probably get in then. If I'm if I'm putting out weath offers, you should just probably go buy, pick up a few floor, floor pieces, and you can thank me the following, you know, 24 hours later. Yeah, I think my last weath offer got accepted. I want to say it was my quirky. Like I want to say, like I I was like during the um it, no, I, and again, like this is take this with a grain of salt because I'm not like some big time trader, but like 
I did like during the bear market, like ag more aggressively use wheat and find more often than not, it worked because I would like, like basically like, you know, I, my cool cat was a good example. I think my cool cat, the floor of cool cats was like in ETH or something. And this one that I saw was sick and it was at like one four and, or maybe the floor was at like 0.92 or something like that. So I offered like an ETH or I offered like barely above floor, but like everybody's offering like, you know, five to 20% below floor, depending on the collection. So like somebody gets it in and they're like, oh damn, like, let me accept that as quick as I can. So like, um, you know, to me, like that's kind of the way I'd done it versus I, I wonder what is your week strategy? Are you going slightly above the lower wheat offer are you looking specifically at, like what is your what is your wheat strategy i guess yeah I, that's I, what i, I normally do I, I i normally will i mean it depends on what the collection is priced at and what those offers are but normally I'll, I'll go in between the highest wheat offer and the floor price so like if the if the floor is 2.05 and the wheat bids are 1.75 i'll come in at like a you know one nine one eight five something like that um yeah, I, I, or if I if there's a piece I really like, I'll, I'll just offer like floor price for it in a weath bid if it's priced above floor. But yeah, more often than not, I end up and, and it's the worst. Like it's one thing if it's a you know if, you know if it's a couple ETH floor and it's you know point two point three something like that. It's way worse when it's like a you know a fresh mint and it's you know point oh eight. I'm out here bidding point six nine instead of just making sweeps. Like that's point oh six nine instead of making sweeps. It's just I I have. My weath strategy is probably the least, uh, my lowest ROI of all time in the space. I, I, I just, I've yet, to, I don't know why. It's just maybe I'm jinxing myself here. I'm in my own head, but uh, I, I may just bypass offers altogether this, this current cycle. No, I mean, it doesn't sound like you're jinxing yourself. Jinxing yourself. It does sound like, uh, respectfully, you are quite bad at this, Cap, uh, which is okay. It's okay. We can work on that. But no, I honestly, all joking aside, like I'm not... Like, again, I'm not like an active trader all the time. So it's not like it falls into my lap like that. I'm like, oh, yeah, I'm like the weak king or anything like that. But like, I will say like what I'll do that's probably a little bit different, um, you know, for what it's worth is, you know, I, I will generally speaking uh, go in at a if it's one I like. But again, this is different. It depends if you're trading or collecting. If you're collecting. I just pop in slightly above floor and you know, that usually is good enough to get me there because again, most people are doing the weath offers, um, you know, well below floor or like you said, they'll be like, Oh, well, I'm in between the lowest weath author and the floor. So I'm going higher. Like, but a lot of people, it's like, if someone has something listed, especially if it's like, you know, five, 10% above floor, they don't want to accept below floor. And so I don't know, like, that's kind of like my thinking there is like, if I really want it, why not toss a, like, again, if the floor is like the cool cat's floor is like 0.92 and I offer a one or 1.1 bid on something that is listed for 1.5, the person is going to see that and they're going to have to make a quick decision. The other thing I do that I don't know if you do this move or not, but I also use like the sort of like, you know, time constraints where I will put weath offers in for 24 hours at a time. This is actually some one on one stuff we, we need to revisit as we like never leave. Oh, uh, this is. You always should time bound your wheat offers. Never leave them open for ever or never leave them. I think like a month is way too long. Never leave them open for six months. Like you should always time bound your offers. If not, you're going to have to pay gas to cancel that offer if, if and when the floor price starts crashing. So always, leave, you know, shorter, better. And I think it also, I, at least I've convinced myself, Steve, it, it, if, if you're the seller and you see, oh, this bid's expiring in four hours versus this bid's expiring in six months, I, I think you're, 
both consciously and subconsciously much more likely to take action and accept said offer if it's if it's expiring soon. Yeah, time-bound marketing and pressure marketing works. It's it's just it's it's a fact. Like it just it works. And um yeah, so so that's something I I'm always um I'm always cognizant of is I I don't think I think I almost I think 3 days is the longest I put a weath offer out for. And also specifically because of the reason you said, I mean like let's say like I put a weath offer in something I like and then something happens that is, you know, sort of like Again, like something happens that's, you know, un, you know, uh, uh, not less than ideal with like a founder or something like that. And all of a sudden the collection price completely plummets. And then my weave offer gets accepted and I'm holding the bag and like, yeah, things can rebound and whatever. But like, I, I think three days is the longest I put in a weave offer for um, max. Like usually, like I said, usually, almost certainly. And again, I'm not, I'm not good at this. So like, you know, you know, take it with a grain of salt, but the maximum time that I'll put a weath offer in is 20 is three days, usually 24 hours, like usually 24 hours. So that person has, you know, it's almost like you're negotiating. You're like, you have one day to accept or, you know, whatever. So, um, that's kind of how I've, um, I I've gone about doing it, but you know, it's it, to each their own. That's just my, my strategy. And, um, you know, that, that, and it's landing me. Like I got, I think I got my, and that's and also, again, like last thing I'll say on it is like, just again, to double tap on this, like, my strategy is I'm looking to collect. So you'll see me going above floor. You'll see me going, you know, like you, you see me going above floor where most people with a weath offer, you know, they're playing the game where they're trying to get a weath offer in, they're trying to get it accepted. And then they're trying to do the margin on that quick turn where it's like, hey, if I get this thing 7% below floor and then I'm able to flip. I lost Steve. Is it me or Steve? No. Steve's lost. Ooh, I'm lost. Can you hear me? You're back, back now. Back. Nope, you're oh, back. that you're was weird. Now. Sorry. Anyway, long story short, like, I just want to say, like, just like everything else, know your strategy when you're doing this, because I bid to get things I'm collecting. So I'm going a little above floor. And that strategy works for me where it's like, I feel like we getting a discount on a premium item, my quirky uh, and my cool cat are really good quirkies and cool cats, in my opinion, like chambers making this comment, it was funny on midnight crisis. But, you know, Chamber was, like, saying how he liked my crypto undead. And he was like, I got to have Steve, you know, do shopping for me. And Bunch was like, uh, and he's like, you have good NFTs, but you won't have any money. And I'm like, that's actually exactly how I do it, right? It's like, I collect, like, what I consider to be really good grail NFTs aesthetically to my style. Uh, Poppy probably can relate to this. But it doesn't mean that I'm going to have, like, a big pile of money, right? It's like, you know, so I, I will make offers above floor for that reason, but I'm also... A collector so that's just one way to book at it but cap were, were you i'm guessing you were buying to own so you probably should have just been firing bullets and also you know again learnings to be had oh no I, I like not only buying to own like buying to own already have ip plans with it it matches my other ape so you could maybe guess where i was going with the thing and and now i have to you know answer to poppy who like because we had had the conversation about it and now it's like i <laughs> Here I am. Like the the thing, probably next time it gets listed, it's like ten ETH, and and I will like it, it'll yeah, be like the, it'll be the turkey that, that like always haunts. It's your lucky day, because I know the guy who picked it up. So it's your lucky day. We'll, we'll chat. Hey, Poppy, how do you feel? You do not real quick before you get in, Poppy. <laughs> Poppy's like Poppy's like. Listen, if you're going to sweep, sweep all of them, but number four one seven, you can't have that one. It's just like leave it sitting. Like it'll be end up being like point two ETH below the floor, and just no one buy it. But I appreciate the effort. <laughs> I, you know, bad, bad, bad friends you have in the quirky community that don't listen to your advice to 
to not you know to let 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 them hang out there just two ETH below or you know point two ETH below four. Poppy, don't don't do it. Don't do an OTC deal for this guy who is disrespecting your quirks by tossing in ETH offers below floor. I, I don't think I don't think he deserves <laughs> trying, trying this to thing. lower the average trying to lower the average sale price. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he's he, ru- he's ruining it for you. Everyone, you're messing up the uptrend cap. Damn it. Um, <laughs> We just have a, a random, random black hole in the chart. Now, <laughs> GM guys, um, Steve. First thing I did this morning was show your book um, before I even before I even said hello. Before I even opened up my eyes, um, <laughs> I was like, "This is just going to be so automatic. It's not even funny." My dog's drinking pool water. Don't do that. Um, Literally, one of my uh, two of my bu- buddies were uh, we've been in Quirkies together for a long time. Um, one of them is is trying to convince his business partner's friend uh, like to get into NFTs, right? And I saw the text this morning, and the guy was looking at um, Quirkies, Quirkies, and he sends uh, Beck the picture, and he's like, "These are weird," and he's like, kind of getting it, but he's not. And I'm like, "Buy him the everything token." And uh, my buddy's like, he doesn't have a MetaMask yet. And I'm like, and then our other friend is like, bro, I'm about to block you. Like, <laughs> it's a book on Amazon. But, uh, but each of them are ordering 10 copies and uh, start shipping it out. Like, th- this is, the, we've been saying it. It's not just endorsed. Like, you've created a tool and we're going we're gonna to use and abuse it. Like, we're going to get it out there. So... Anyway, uh, I thought that was, I thought you get a kick out of that. Um, but yeah, no, look, I, I don't know how you guys do weath offers. Cap, you're a better, you're, you are more patient. What I've learned in the last 12 hours is you, you are more patient than I, I, I have multiple times. I mean, you saw when I just got this last punk, I like put an offer and I raise the offer every like 10 minutes because my, I start to get anxious. I'm like, ah. and then eventually I go, you know what? I just want this one I'm paying. Um, now, if it's like way overpriced or way over floor, obviously that's that's ridiculous, right? But if it's like if it's- I, I just came to the realization, Poppy, you you unlock something for me. My, this whole life, people have been telling me patience is a virtue. I lack patience. I am probably one of the least most patient people. Here I am trying to be patient in a space that you're not supposed to be patient. This is this is like like I've been correct my entire life. In, in this patience, patience is a virtue crowd. They're, they're lying. They've been lying to us this whole time. It's it's subjective, right? Patience matters. Some places doesn't matter in others. You know that that's the uh, <laughs> that's the magic of life is figuring out where you need it. Um, patience and sleep. They lied to us about that too. Had I had I not been patient and I not went to bed last night and got my you know my beauty sleep, I'm I'm like I don't know. Probably like my net worth is increased by about twenty five Solana today. <laughs> Um, but yeah, so I, I, you guys have more pay. I mean, I, I let a weath offer sit there and I'm just like, dude, fuck it. We're sniping it out. But yeah, the pa- patience, patience in this space is a double-edged sword cap because sometimes patience is actually really smart. Um, and then other times you're like, then you're like telling smart yourself. Smart in a bear, not, 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 not plus EV in a bull. But it, it's it's tough. It's tough. Sometimes I've been patient and projects have like literally crashed and I almost FOMO'd in. And then other times I'm just patient and I miss the whole thing. So this is why I fire is like I, I my theory in the bull last time, not financial advice, not saying anybody should do it this time, 
<clears throat> but my theory last time when we were really cooking, and I, I, I like, I think we're in a bull market, but I don't think we're in like a raging bull market like last time. And so that's why I say like, be thoughtful about how you go about this. Um, you know, my, my, my theory last time was I fired a lot of bullets and sometimes those bullets were like, you know, uh, you know, like a Royal Society of Players, which again, I'm not knocking. I got get great utility out of that, right? But like, as far as the actual financial aspect of the way people will think of the space, didn't totally cook, right? Like, that's one of those ones where like I had the opportunity to take a tremendous profit right after. I held like 20 cards. I had like a multiple, like a three ETH offer on like a stamp queen or something that you know when when it was like you know when ETH was like cooking. Um, so like those things happen. Right. And so I'm just glad you used the, the Royal Society of Players example, as opposed to the, the house I let go to zero in Jenkins, the ballet. Oh yeah. Yeah. I mean like, but there's like, I mean, yeah, you're like an actual yacht. I could have traded a JPEG yacht for a real yacht and it's now worth like $17. Yeah. Like that's, I mean, that's like a one where it's like, and again, this is not like, I mean, we want to be clear, like our, you know, Tally labs are friends. They're building cool stuff. Like, but this is just a situation. But again, another example, patience cost me a few hundred grand yeah and like it was cool like my my ape was narrated in the, in the book or was uh illustrated in the it book was, it was just to be clear it was not i love the guys but it was not a few thousand dollars cool yeah a few hundred thousand dollars cool it was it was nowhere near like a quarter milli cool do, right. we, and, do we know I, I have some keys and tickets or something do we do we actually know what's going on they're they're working on some. I, I can't say because I think I might have some knowledge beyond the normal scope on it. But I know they are working on building some uh, some connected sort of uh, storytelling stuff that they, um, you know, maybe, maybe we'll probably have them on to talk about kind of what they're what they're cooking up and and have a chat with them. But no, it's 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 hard because like that's the perfect example of like your example of that. My example, where society players were like, we may like it, we may have gotten great utility out of it, but you realize like oh, like I probably didn't play this thing right and I was patient, I sat through and maybe not the best of moves, right? Um, when I use the Royal Society Players example where I'm like, I'm being patient, I'm playing this one for the long term and things happen. So it, it's hard and it's hard to predict, but that's why, like I said, I, I fired a lot of bullets where some will be those 20 cards that don't happen and then some will be a board Ape Yacht Club where I ultimately end up, you know, landing, you know, the opportunity to, effectively quit my job because I got this giant, you know, drop of ape coin, or at least it kept a nice bridge over. So, uh, those things happen, but outer lumen, I see your hand flying up. What, what sprung you up the stage this morning? GM, my friend. Hey GM. Um, well, I'm awake and school's canceled, so I don't have to drive my kid to school, which is nice. So I'm actually around for, uh, for the early, early segment and I'm awake, <laughs> which are two rare snow or cold uh, why why is is it due to snow no. or just weather is just way ice. too cold everything is iced over yeah there's like a i'd say about half an inch of ice on everything um so yeah no go to make for some good pictures oh, it's beautiful yeah <laughs> i'm gonna put on some crampons on my shoes like the little pick things and see if i can walk the dog or if i'm gonna if i should just get a sled and <laughs> have her walk me i don't know <laughs> It's Thursday, but this is our question for the chat today. <laughs> we're we're taking bets. Does what do you call those things? Clampons? Um, okay, well, in ice climbing. That was a, that was a dangerous. Shoes. Is that what you're, yeah. that that what you're referring to? Yeah, so in ice climbing, they're called crampons and they go on crampons. Yeah, and they go on to like a, a specific mountaineering boot, which is really rigid because you just have the picks in ice. But I don't know what you call the ones that are also like they have picks, but they're on elastics and you just put them over a shoe. Those, I don't know what those are, but that's... I have, yeah. So the question for the chat, does Chamber own 
spikes to go on his shoes? Does our Canadian friend Chamber, does he own or, these, these spike shoes? Or let's just say, does he own crampons? Because you have to realize why that's funny to me. I mean, like, I, I, I'm, I know you're well aware, but, like, I'm a child. Like, this is funny. This this term is funny. I'm sorry. I'm just, I, I have to. I, I also, it's, it's, like, not related, but it kind of sounds like the same word, is I audibly LOL'd when Steve, like, it might have been the first paragraph of the book, opens up with champing at the bit. Like, I believe that was 100% with intent. Like, you probably sitting down writing this book and you're thinking, how am I going to incorporate champing at the bit? Is that, is that a, was that a conscious thought you had? No, actually, it's funny that happened. And then Outer will go back to you, I, I promise. But like, I, um, I, I, I like had this, like, it's funny because I didn't know that champing at the bit was more correct. Cause keep in mind, we wrote this intro. I wrote, the I still say champing at the bit, just for the record. I, I think Steve is wrong here. This could be debated, but we'll, oh, we'll, I'm, we'll, I'm we'll never forget the episode. We spent 45 minutes going through the, the two different definitions. I mean, <laughs> I, I had, I had an expert. I had this, well, it, it's, it, I, I mean, I need to give credit where credit's due. I, I wrote the initial intro and we didn't have that at all. And Scott ended up putting champing in the bit on. And I had this conversation where I'm like, Scott, I think we might've had an error here. It says champing, not chomping. And that's when I learned it was Get like out of here. A Get year out of here. A, yeah. It was like a year and a half ago. I learned from Scott that champing is more correct. And since then it's all I can hear. And apparently it's been on some show or something since like chamber mentioned some show used champing at the bit or something. And he thought it was funny. I did. I'm like, I can't take credit for that. I learned that from Scott and he corrected me on it. Um, and it's right in the opening paragraph. And then I was the one to read it. And so that was nice reading it after, uh, after learning that. So it, yeah, I, I learned it was more correct from Scott, but, uh, yeah. Well, I, if, if, if Scott is the one who corrected it, then I'll, I'll, I'll take it for being the, accurate. And I, I, I just need to guy. lean into it. Yeah, Only right. the Harvard guy cap. 99.9% of the world thinks it's chomping, but the Harvard guy's like, actually. Well, he came on this show and said he, he, used, he used pedagogical like three times. And then like, I don't know if people caught this because it's a sense of humor, but I, I mentioned how funny it was he used it or whatever. And then he like seamlessly slipped it into the next like, uh, into the next, uh, into the next sentence as if like he wasn't intentionally using it again. And it was just, anyway, but Outer Lumen, go ahead and get get in here. <laughs> Oh my god, I love it. I, I'm sorry, I totally... All this because of a snow day or a nice oh, day yeah, in Canada. This is amazing. Off the rails we go. Choo-choo. Fuck yeah. Um, okay, we're back. So, first of all, I wanted, I, in terms of like lingo, this one's really funny and hard for me. Um, as a climber, there's like, you know, a bunch of terms as there are for any specific kind of, you know, sport or whatever. And so, if you want information on how to do like a boulder problem or climb a route, that's called getting beta. It's like, yeah, give me the beta. I want to know how this is done. But now that I've entered Web3, everything is alpha. So now I have these two like jargon terms in my mind. Alpha is for crypto, beta is for climbing. And when I mess them up, when I go climbing, it is, <laughs> I get the weirdest eyes, right? I'm like, can I have the alpha on how to do that? And they're like, you mean beta? So like, not only do I just look like a noob, but like I specifically look like I'm messing up the, the, the actual letter. Like I, or, or I'm like from out of like town and you know, like we use alpha there instead of beta and climbing. Anyway, it's been a thing. Okay. I came up because I, want, I wanted to talk about patience. So for me, patience in crypto, awesome. Patience in NFTs has not always been awesome. So like, 
it's 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 a little bit interesting though because the the scale of time is is different too right and i mentioned this um recently in in my nft catcher podcast when we we're talking about kind of like web3 journeys and one of the biggest lessons for me in patience was putting in i think it was about six and a half thousand um in 2017 um on the way up into bitcoin ethereum a couple other things and and then watching it all like crash and looking at divide and being like, oh my God, like, what do I do now? And he just smiled and he's like, nothing, <laughs> you just wait. And I'm so happy I did obviously. And, you know, waited for a long, long time, like years, but that patience was awesome and it really paid off. And so like crypto patience has been, has been rewarding in that sense um, because you can zoom out and, and kind of see the market for, for what it is. And it's like year long kind of trends. NFTs though, oh my God, I'm sure we can all count the ways where you're like, why didn't I sell? Why didn't I sell? Why didn't I sell? And so, yeah, it's a little bit, I think, harder to to kind of like amount enough patience or know when the right time is to be patient. And then on WETH offers, I really like WETH offers, and but I have like a strategy and I'll, I'll share it for anyone who's listening, who is like, hey, you know, like, how do you do this? So for me, I, I actually use, OpenSea for it because I specifically like trait offers if I'm looking for a specific trait for something and that works pretty well. And then I look at like the behavior of the token to see if it's someone who's been holding for like, you know, a year, they're not going to sell this. It's not happening. That's just not their behavior. Right. But somebody who just sniped something like a day ago and now they listed it, they are way more likely and incentivized to want to get rid of it just because their behavior is to snipe it and sell it. Um, also, if you look at someone who minted something for a really low price a long time ago and then it's listed, they might be warm because to them the cost is like, you know, negligible and going a bit lower. It's still all profit for them versus, again, someone who bought something a year ago but like bought it for a lot and now they're taking a loss. Their behavior is less likely to want to accept your lower offering because they're you know they're like oh my god i don't want to lose any more money on this so with all of that in mind i also look at the the activity of the transfer of the user to see what other um ethereum addresses they have including all their vaults because generally it leads me to a twitter sometimes when dms are open and then you can go in there if you're like really after a specific token you can actually get in touch with them and i've done that several times um but that requires you to like look at the activity and see like if if they've transferred the asset that is in their hot wallet now for sale from another vault or another vault where they actually have their Twitter linked. So yeah, I don't know if this is helpful to anybody, but these are just some of the things that I consider when I do WETH offers and I've not been disappointed by some of the, the stuff that I've gotten over the years. This is good alpha. This is like, and this is actually something I do as well that I probably don't didn't even think about. I love that you brought this up because I didn't even think about this part of my strategy. It was just natural to like the DYOR part. It's part of it. But like the person holding it matters. Like you said, like, I mean, look, TiVo tracked down the person who had the ape that was the one that initially cloned his mutant that he had and managed to get that exact ape. And it's a sick ape because he used the Twitter function. I wanted a specific alien Dougal when alien Dougals came out from alien boy, because there's a trait called Steve's wonderful hair, which was named after my hair. And it had a dog in it. And I wanted the one with the happy dog and the hair. And I found the guy on Twitter and I paid above floor for it. And I was happy to do so. Um, the other thing I, you might've mentioned this one, but you were going through like all the different lists. Like one of the things and I was like writing a couple things down as I, as I want to go. But one of the other things that I look at is 
not just the person's activity, not just like how long they've held it, but even if they've held it for a long time, is this person lowering the price every, you know, every day? Is this person like, is this person lowering the price every time there is a floor price drop? Is this person lowering the price when there's a floor price going up? I pay attention to that as well because that indicates how much they want to sell, right? And all of these things to Outer's point determine the difference because just similar to how, like, this is the other side of what Cap is doing when he's making these offers, right? To use him as an example here. Like, Cap's making offers where he's like, look, I'm putting 0.69 medium offers on something that's like 0.82 to try to save that 0.13 or whatever, right? Which is a decent amount to save. But sometimes you could put in an offer for, you know, 1.1 ETH. And if you just make it a little bit sweeter and you're like, oh, I'm going to go 1.14 and you do the math on that and it's not that much more, they'll be like, well, that's, it looks like significantly more to the person receiving it. Um, but so one of the reasons I also tend to go above floor, but not just barely above floor. If it's something I really want, like I said, like the cool cat, I'm trying to remember the exact numbers. It was like, again, 1.4, 1.5. I bid like 1.1 on it. The person clearly wanted to sell it, but didn't have it listed, you know, had it listed a decent amount above floor, wasn't accepting weath offers that were right around floor. So I'm like, all right, well, this person's going to get this and think, well, shit, that's above floor. Cause to me, if I'm trying to unload a token and I'm trying to get more above floor, cause a lot of people mentally they just want to feel like they sold and they won, right? And so for a lot of people mentally, they're going in saying, I list this thing. I'm going to, you know, see if I can get a decent price for it. And the floor plummets and they're like, wait, but I'm getting this offer above floor, like sold it above floor. So again, all those activities, is the person a flipper? Is the person, has the person been holding it forever and they're flipping it, selling it, right? It's like, if I ever, like, I'm not saying I'm doing this, right? But it's, if I ever listed my ape and I listed my ape for like 2X floor, I'm probably not coming down to a weath offer that's like 5% below floor. I'm probably not coming to a weath offer that's 10% above floor, right? And so those are things to think about, like if someone's a collector and has been holding it, but that activity is huge because you'll see people who are trying to sell who are like desperately lowering, you know, like me with like, you know, NBA top shot moments trying to just, uh, people were like, like never undercut the floor. There was this like whole mentality about undercutters early in NBA top shot. And I remember on this show being like, I will undercut the floor and be unapologetic because when I'm ready to unload, the difference between selling something for $12 and $14 is so minimal in the profit. But the opportunity to see that thing fly when the when I put $2 below floor is electric. I don't care if I'm hurting everyone else. It's my, it's I, my I money. Do not, I do not want to go down the top shot streets, but maybe next week we revisit, Steve. There... I'm hearing... I, I've not been buying packs or anything, but I'm hearing that they're building some quietly building some momentum back that where packs are selling out that all the packs are EV again, you know, plus EV and building a little bit of momentum back in the top shot streets. I hear that's a, uh, that's, that's bull market vibes right there. Let's just run 20 to 21 all the way back. That sounds great. Um, no, it's uh good for them. I'm not a, uh, I am all the way out over there. Um, I, I cashed out. I'm all the way out on top shot. I'm all the way out on NFL a day. I just decided the money would be better used elsewhere. I had this moment in time where I decided to unload everything. So um, which stunk. I liked NFL all day. I just, I feel like the direction it's going, like maybe it's plus EV. I'm going to tell you, we'll go to Tiro here in a second. I'm going to tell you the reason why. And then all the way also cap, I'm going to try to convince you to bridge your on chain monkey as they open the portal. Um, but the, um, you know, to me, it's like, I'm not in there because I still think, I still think top shot and NFL all day are crypto people. Crypto people are not collectors. One of the reasons I really like the Starbucks audience, uh, Odyssey audience is that it's, some crypto people, but I get the impression it's not a lot of crypto people just by the sheer number of active users and by what I see in the Discord. So knowing that to be true, and then looking at sort of like NBA Top Shot, it's like, what are crypto people going to do? Do they care 
about a, you know, Victor Wimbignana dunk that looks really cool. No, and that was my problem. I was collecting, like, LeBron James, like, no-look threes that I thought were awesome. And as I collected them, people look at them as a, you know, basically look at them as, like, shit coins with, with videos, right? And so, to me personally, not my journey again unless I feel like I will come back to NBA Top Shot and be able to play that market smart knowing what I've learned from the last cycle when collectors outside of the space come in. I'm not going to be doing it if I'm, you know, playing around in the top shot streets with, you know, a bunch of other crypto people, because I'm going, what will happen to me is I will fall back into collecting. I will be trying to make sets. I will be trying to get excited about that. And then I will lose all my money doing so and realize I'm doing it again. So maybe there's money to be made there, but probably not my journey. Um, maybe you'll get another sweatshirt for your cool cat set though, Cap. Um, T-Row, go ahead and get in here and then we'll go over to <laughs> It was funny. Uh, I posted in the, in the comments yesterday. I won't talk much about Top Shot because uh, Captain already doesn't want to direct that ship in, in that direction, which is fine. Uh, but I was wearing the sweatshirt yesterday, and he commented on it. And uh, it's one of those hooded sweatshirts where it doesn't go all the way through the center. Like, there's two pockets on each side, but they don't meet. In the, like, they don't, there's no meet through. And it's, They couldn't even get, like, a real yeah. kangaroo pocket. Oh, my. It's, this is, like, it's so here's the, it's It's the oddest hoodie. Like, it is It's the material. It's super comfy. Mm -hmm. But the pocket is just freaking weird. Mm -hmm. And the pockets, plural, are weird. And, and the design is probably the, the, the worst designed hoodie I've ever seen in my life. Like, they put a paragraph on, on the front of it. It's, it's awful, but it's comfy. So it's a great... I, I, I like it for the sauna. Yeah, it's perfect for, for utility um, uh, in the house. Uh, but, like, wearing it out in public, you look... It looks funny. It just... It doesn't doesn't lay right with the pockets in the front because they don't it's, it's it's bulky anyway i don't know why we're talking about a sweatshirt uh, i want to go back to rubber uh, i was reading the headline rubber ripping on coffee and uh watching that go and now it's i was talking on modern market this morning just an hour ago and that was updating the floor and getting uh information about what the mint is and the generation uh the the art uh it looks cool it's it's got some nice texture and colors to it but Look, there's 547 holders. Uh, the floor is up to 19. Just when I was on Modern Market, it was at 17, so it's ripping a little bit. But, like, I just feel like on the Soul Network right now, um, there's too many jeters. There's too many people that are extractive as far as, like, go up. Yeah, to push back on this, though, that, that Pop Pop has been around. He's an OG of OGs. Like, he's been around for a long time, and I don't think these are these are not jeters from Soul. These are his collectors. Like, if you if you... Like he posted this in a few discords, the punk discord. They're not jeters. Uh, OX quits discord, not jeters. Like he, he curated a community of holders that I, I think that's what you're missing here is these aren't your traditional Solana jeters that are just going to look for a quick 2x. These are collectors. And he's, I, I believe he's curated without looking at all the holders, just knowing, knowing pop and, and how respected he is in the space. He's also someone who probably. As far as punks go, he collects as much art on the timeline as anyone I've seen. He's always like cinema is one of my uh, one of my uh, one of the artists I collect. I'm I'm a fan of of her work, and she she'll do like smaller drops, like maybe an edition of ten or something like that. And 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 Pop is usually in like he almost collects. I probably he's collected every one of her pieces that she drops if it's an edition. He's just he's very supportive of other off of other artists. He's done that for. I shouldn't say he. I, I, I'm assuming he's a he's a man. I don't know. I've never heard him talk, or I've never heard pop talk talk. Um, but point being is is I don't. I, I think you're incorrect here that this is not 
a bunch of you know Solana maxis that saw a hot mint. Rather, he specifically did not hype this up. He didn't pump this up. Rather, let his communities know where he's been part of for years and have an immense amount of respect. And that's who minted this thing out. So respectfully, I just I think you're incorrect here on the take. Thank you. Uh, thank you for the correction on that. Um, I'm trying to understand it and dig into it and try to figure it out. So maybe it is a buy at 19. Uh, if this is uh, this not not saying it's a buy at 19, but I don't think like, I'm not chasing here, but I, I don't think this yeah. is not a if it was the if it was what you just said, if it was the Solana Jeters, it doesn't even get to 20. They're flipping out at 10. And I just I don't think we're, we've seen that yet with the, the early price action. Yeah, uh, I, I like the art. It's cool. Uh, I'll support it. And, uh, you know, I'm staring at it, looking at it right now. And uh looks pretty sweet. Um, you know, if you're in art on soul, uh, you know, art hasn't been uh, the, the, the mainstay of soul. So it's interesting to see what happens with that. Uh, I, I, real quick, I'll, I'll go back to you in a second, Tiro, but I don't know that I think art should be the thing on soul. I mean, I, I get it, but like the thing about art is I don't love the high frequency trading art market. Like, I feel like I'm not trying to be like an old man shouting at cloud. Who's too purist about art, but like, it's not like, I guess it's a market that could exist that maybe I'm just being like, yeah, maybe I am. Here's, I, I, I was, I, I did agree with you originally. And I, I was, I almost didn't buy uh calf's piece that she dropped on Solana for the same reason. What changed my mind, Steve, is I think we are rapidly heading towards a omni-chain world where we'll have the ability to display our collections in, in the general public or those that are looking at it. They're, they're not going to know what chain it's on. And, and while yes, I'd prefer my art or, or higher dollar assets to be on ETH. I, I, I think we're, I, I can see a possibility if we get into a world where it, it's not as important. I agree with you. I don't like the art to be traded at high frequency either, but I, I think there is a world that we get into where, you know, look at like Magic Eden now, like from a, just from a marketplace standpoint and them going, going multi-chain, I could just like, I could see myself to where like my default, if I want to look at my collection, my default for three years has been OpenSea. I don't think that's going to be the case a year from now. Maybe it's Magic Eden. Maybe it's another place. But like, I, I think that is still a big opportunity in the world of Web3 is a good place to display your collections that's chain agnostic. And, and, I, and I know we kind of have it today, but we don't really, at least we, we don't, don't have, have one, that's, yeah, we don't have one that's captured any sort of real traction or any sort of real market share. And I think once we do get that, I don't think that, that what chain the art is on is, is becomes as important. But to your point, it's why I, I never got into collecting on Tezos. I just, I don't want art on some other chain. I'd rather collect on where I, I have the majority of my assets. Well, I also want to collect in a place that feels like more secure and less like, like, I, I just feel like, um, I, I feel like, I guess my point is soul almost encourages high frequency trading based on the, uh, the nature of it, or it can, or you, you high frequency or utility based because the low gas, right? Like when I'm claiming my beans on Raposa for coffee, when I'm, uh, you know, going to, you know, you name it, like, you know, go to the Bodogos and claim whatever it's like staking all those other things. It's like, it is inexpensive so utility wise it actually makes a lot of sense but like from a i think security and frequency of trading point encourages it um so i don't know but that said yeah like that should be the next innovation i know uh, nft.com was trying to talk about doing that i know kevin rose and uh their um they talked about that being potentially i think the high rise vision at one point i think this is an important thing that i don't think it has to be off platform to your point i don't think it's the open top display items that are limited i think it's magic eden 
Like, should if I were Magic Eden, I would be going down and having at least a Skunk's Work project talking about building an actual gallery that goes cross-chain. Because to your point, getting that digital place to display, once we have RWAs represented properly by an NFT and pegged down to them in the point where it's like, look like a Mickey Mantle card looks like a Mickey Mantle card and you can pay to get it done that and vaulted and taken care of and you own it, you can claim it at any time. That to me is like... That to me is like, that's when you can start saying, okay, people can really flex this stuff, right? Like, you know, yesterday, like, um, actually, I'm not even going to go down this road. Let's go back to T-Row. I, I, I do think that, that the door is open, wide open right now, largely because Twitter taking down the hex, right? Like the, the fact that, the, the, that hex, our, our, our Web3 home, doesn't point to any collection. It doesn't point to any marketplace right now. I feel that the door has been blown wide open for someone to come build this, this multi-chain gallery. Yeah, because the flexibility of the asset is in, is such that I should be able to have it on uh, something calling back to the same uh, token number on Twitter, on Facebook, on Instagram, and instead doesn't do it at all. Uh, T, we'll go ahead and get back in here. I know you weren't done making your point, then we'll go straight to Outer after that. Yeah, I did a couple of spaces yesterday, and I, I was talking with a gentleman that was actually uh, works for uh, DraftKings. He's a consultant with them and Matt Kalish and that program, and he was talking about um, – Basically, how uh, Magic Eden and their new wallet they're going to be putting out, um, which is going to run on ETH, Sol, and uh, AVAX, and every other thing else, and it's it's going to be able to show you off your entire collection, regardless of the network you minted it on or it was minted on. Um, the interconnectivity of being able to make a trade with, say, bringing ETH onto Magic Eden into their wallet. Um, and then buying something on Sol and it transacting in the background and them doing the exchange of your ETH to your Sol and making that trade seamlessly in the background with you without you having any uh, friction um, is huge. Um, he was talking um, very eloquently about that. And I think uh, and then later on, I had another spaces with the crypto undead that I ran and I had a gentleman that was passing out five codes for the uh, wallet for the magic eden um i'm still waiting to hear back from him um on that to pass out to the community and i think that is going to be huge having all your nfts in one spot and not knowing like cap said it doesn't matter what chain it was minted on um because you're not going to know what it is as long as you have some type of cryptocurrency you're bringing on to the magic eden wallet that they accept um it should be pretty seamless in the background to make that change and uh, i think that's great for the space uh, as we continue to grow here thoughts guys Agree. No, agree. I, I actually have <clears throat> someone in my DMs who's a Magic Eden ambassador who's got the wallet and got some codes I need to dig into. I just, it, you know, heard it on Sunday and I was like, obviously big week. So I need to get some of those distributed or figure that out. I know some people were putting codes in the war room. I agree. I think that's a big opportunity that we have there with that particular wallet. And again, the idea, if someone can build the functionality in a wallet where it actually, like right now, Phantom does a pretty good job where you can bridge to USDC, then from USDC, you can bridge over to ETH and they let you bridge back and forth a little bit, but it's a couple extra steps and I've used that one. The ability to just hit hit a button and like have them kind of like give you the bridge permission would be sick. Before we go to Outer, NB, no, you can't, you're not going to have a gallery that's going to show your punk is in your wallet uh, from the burn wallet. That, that, that won't happen. Outer, get back in here. Aww. Okay. <laughs> um... A while back, Steve, you mentioned crypto people. And as we're kind of talking about this, uh, it got me thinking about a conversation I had yesterday. Um, a buddy of mine introduced me to um, an initiative um, that kind of made me realize just how like 
I've been into NFTs for such a long time and how right now, like everyone listening here, like so much, so, so, so much of it and so, so many of us are very like NFT focused. Um, and in, in having the conversation that I had yesterday, it made me zoom out and realize like from the point of Ethereum specifically as a blockchain and as a technology with kind of like this initiative focusing on like education and onboarding and like builder events and like very much, you know, Ethereum tech. NFTs are just like a, a byproduct of it existing and are such like a small, tiny, minuscule thing um, in the grand scheme of like it as a tech. And it was such a like interesting and refreshing conversation to have where I'm just like, wait, like, yes, NFTs, but also like at the same time, no, who cares? Like they're just there. It's fine. But there's like so much more about Ethereum and how Ethereum is 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 growing and where it's going and kind of some of the stuff. Yeah, it was really wild to have that zoom out. It was it was a good, like refreshing reality check of uh, of being super zoomed in and then being able to shift focus and realize that like, oh, yeah, there's like a whole community, a giant community of people who are all over Ethereum and don't give a shit about, about NFTs whatsoever. And I'm not one of those people. I fucking love NFTs, but it was really awesome to have that like, I know, Steve, you're in that too. You know, when someone like talks to you from a different perspective and they kind of open your mind up a little bit and you're and, and, and it's not that mind wasn't already open, but it's just like, it was a really, really good reminder of all of the other things that are going on in Web3 that don't necessarily pertain to NFT specifically. And us talking about like, OK, where should the next NFT live and on what chain and, and being so NFT focused. So, yeah, I had that like nice refresher uh, last night and I woke up this morning and I'm like, oh, yeah, OK, yes, NFTs, but also, yes, everything else that's happening. So, yeah, I, I when you said crypto people, I'm like, oh, my God, I totally had a chat with with crypto people and not NFT people. And I'm I'm kind of bullish on that. Yeah, crypto people are like you zoom out. There's a couple things there. One, the zoom out is always great because even related to NFTs, as you know, you're talking specifically, it's like yesterday, Scott and I went on Bloomberg Radio. We did like a hit on Bloomberg Radio about the book for like 15 minutes. And it's like one of those moments where, especially on radio interviews where they're super short form, first of all, it's painfully obvious. Like sometimes they don't take, they definitely didn't, uh, no, not upset about it. Definitely didn't take me as seriously as Scott. Fair enough. I was wearing a sweatshirt that said HODL on it. And my background has like all the NFT gear in the world on the Zoom. So I get it, um, which is cool. That's part of what makes it great to have Scott on the team, right? It's like, you know, Scott, they're like, well, he's talking about NFTs, but he's a Harvard business professor and an A16Z researcher. And by the way, Bloomberg, he was an opinion contributor, right? And so like those, that's helpful. But like even hearing those conversations where they're like, maybe don't get it. And then they bring up like somebody talking about tokenizing securities, like actual securities, right? Like in the, in the stock market to help reduce middlemen and friction. And like, that is totally fair. But like, I, they, they asked her like, is that the biggest scope? And I actually, I hope I didn't come across obnoxious. I was like, I basically said in a nice way, I was like, Zoom out, people who are in countries of unrest who are fleeing, like from a country where they don't have things, it's like they have on-chain credentials they can leave with and then prove that they have that credential and their money goes with them. And I was like, so it depends on your picture and scope. And then I said, and then you zoom out of the brand building. And I think the brand building opportunities are actually tremendously bigger. And, you know, it's like, you know, when you talk about like, and again, it's really fun because like you realize people don't see the scope of like, you can see on-chain and, I'm you know, whatever, you can do your own research how many how much money starbucks has made or nike has made 
on these, you know, just doing the back end math. And then you can back that into like, and Nike's barely talking to their customer base, small percentage of customers with the millions of Nike customers. Starbucks, 33 million plus people in their rewards program. So you expand it out from 58,000 active members to, you know, extrapolate what that would be. And I know there'd be a point of diminishing returns, but let's say with, you know, 15 million members, right? Or 50, you know, uh, you know, 580,000 members. And you can start to do the math on like why this thing matters. So it's really interesting because like you zoom out and like realize there are whole other worlds out there of understanding and the general crypto community, it's why I tell people. One of the reasons I'm so pumped when I look, like I look on Amazon yesterday and in new, you know, new releases, our book is number one for the hardcover, number two for the audible. Chris Dixon's number three who blurbed our book. And then number four is the Kindle version. And then we even looked at bestsellers and we were like number two right behind Start With The Why with Simon Sinek on that particular category in computers and tech, which don't agree Simon Sinek is computers and tech. We should have that one spot. Regardless, PSA, go hit um, your five-star review and leave the, leave the five-star rating and review if you haven't done so already. Thanks. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. If you bought it, you know, rating, uh, I'm not going to tell anybody to put I five will. stars, leave but it I will. It's deserve it of five stars. Anything less than five stars, you're, you're doing Steve dirty. That's a, that's called FUD. Um, but no, it's, um, it's, it's definitely like, um, you zoom, but I always, one of the reasons I'm really pumped about that is I was talking to my brother yesterday, we were playing Halo and I was like, look, I work in a niche industry, you know, generally speaking, when you look at like the broader crypto industry in a niche industry of that. And then I'm writing about a niche topic within that. And when you start like broadening it out, like it's tech which is kind of niche to people, but not super niche. And then it's crypto, which is even more niche. And then NFTs, which is even more niche, because if you go to any blockchain-based conference that isn't NFT-related, you know, we're still the weird JPEG people. Like, we still are to some degree. And so you have these, I don't like, know why um, I'm laughing you know, you so these- hard at this. Like, we're the weirdos amongst weirdos. We are the king of the nerds. It's, uh, I've never been more proud about it, too, for that matter. Um, but it's like... I, and like, I, I own that, right? I own that thing. That's why like, I go on Bloomberg radio and the guy asked me, like he brought me in. And the first thing I think he said to me when he brought me in was like, he saw the board ape in the background. He's like, is that a board ape? Did you right click save that? Like what's going on? Like, and I'm proud of it. I'm like, and I was like, nope, I have the uh, authentication on the blockchain to prove that that is mine. I think I said to him, but like, and I know this is the things you get, but like, I've never been, I, I shouldn't say never. In my adult life, after I started to become more secure in the person I am and realizing there's a lot more nerds than there are non-nerds out there, I made the decision that I'm going to jump out and be myself unapologetically. And if that doesn't get me anywhere, that's okay. That's not a table I want to sit at. If somebody doesn't accept me in who I am as a person, being goofy with my JPEGs and my friends, trying to still have intelligent discussions where we can and trade ideas, well, that's okay. That's not a table I want to sit at anyway. And that's fine with me. So... You know, for me, it's like I, I, I'm going to represent myself across spaces, but like the zooming out is interesting because I was exactly right just to put the train back on the tracks that there is a large swath of people out there who do not care about NFTs who are involved with Ethereum of all things, right? So just realizing that the large communities, because for cryptocurrency to scale, it needs to have massive scale, right? For, for, it, to, for it to grow, it has to have massive scale because you need to have enough buyers and people who are thinking about it right way, right? Similarly, you know, if you like want NFTs to scale, you can do it with a few thousand people or less. And that's one of the cool parts about it is you can community build around, if we want to community build around fans of Thundercats from the 80s, you could build a community around that and watch it grow and globally network with people about Thundercats 
uh, people who grew up watching Thundercats in the 80s. That easy. In NFTs. You couldn't scale Thundercoin, right? Like, or, actually, Thundercoin is a fucking sick name. Maybe Jimmy. you could scale Thundercoin. But, like, but like, you couldn't scale, like, Thundercat. That's actually cool, too. All right, I'm going to stop. Let's go over to MB, and then we'll go to Mandatarian here, NBGM. Yeah, I'm just a little shocked that I know someone who's been on uh, Bloomberg Radio. A little starstruck myself, so allow me to compose myself here. But, yeah, just wanted to shame. Shame all of they you. They didn't like, don't worry, MV, they didn't really like me. They, they, I don't think so, so it's you okay. You gotta get me on there. It seems like he would have, he would love my punk when he asked you about the right-click save. Like, I, I was just, like, getting all excited at the opportunity at answering that question. But, yeah, just came to shame all of you. So, shame, shame, shame. All of you are shamed for running rubber up to a 1,000x for the sole reason that it's the next Fidenza Wait, on, is my math Solana. wrong? Is my math wrong? Is it actually a thousand X and not a hundred X? Am I off I by a full zero? The point is, is point, minute if point two five. Someone help me here. Correct me. Because a thousand X sounds a lot better if it is actually a thousand X. I'm tired of the market just going. It's the next Fidenza. Why? Don't worry about it. It's just the next Fidenza. Not like, the next one. It's the first. It's why. the first Fidenza on Solana. Yeah, but there needs to be. They did this with Winds of Yarinarwa. And they're like, oh, yeah, wins is the next Fidenza. Why? Oh, it just is. Look at it. And then you show them uh, Glacier Dreams, which is coming out next. And I go, oh, this is the next Fidenza. They go, why? I go, oh, it's because it's the first time the studio collected their own data set. It's the first time you can customize the output. It's a customizable data rep visual. Like, I'm backing it up with reasons. I want to see fucking reasons. And I, I don't Can think I people should buy them. Preach, I, I, I preach, reasons. preach. So, 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 so I, I, I agree shame. with you. What, what could the artist do differently, though? Like, you can't shame the artist for putting out art. No, I'm shaming you. I haven't bought any. I haven't bought the any consumer yet, needs to be. People, like, I, I don't know why you can just say someone proclaims. The proverbial the you. Fidenza. He's calling it proverbial us. It's the next Fidenza. And then they all just Outer, go, oh, yeah, I it's the next Fidenza. Why'd you buy it? It's the next Fidenza. I mean, yeah, I, I had to get it at 1.5 because I'm going to get it at 5. It I does, to get it it does it give off some, some Fidenza vibes, though. I mean, look at the thing. And the, okay, so first of all, I have to clear this because it's so important because I don't think anybody actually looked at how this fucking art was made. So let's let's do a, like a quick little take here. Let's review our vocabulary on generative. One use of the word generative is when it's generative traits, like all of our PFPs, generative because the traits were generated and layered. The second use of generative is how it's used on our blocks, something like a Fidenza where there's code that was written to generate the visual output. The third use of generative is an AI where you go to mid-journey and you generate images using text prompts or other cues. Rubber is AI generated. It is not comparable to a Fidenza. There is no code involved to generate it. It has been done using Midjourney. I'm not shading any of these generative things. I think they're all fucking awesome. But because we use the word generative so loosely, I think people hear it and they're like, oh, it's like a Fidenza because it's generative and art. And the artist knows that. Sorry. And you can scream oh, it from he the hills. Fucking, they don't care because it's the next about Fidenza. It. He, he is very transparent about his creation process, but then people just take shit and run with it without actually, like, deep diving it. So what are they going to do next, Outer Lumen? The floor not is going to dip. Not my the circus, floor not is my monkeys. Dip, and everyone who bought in at some high price think it's the next Fidenza is going to go to my the, the poor crypto pop artist and be like, hey, 
Why? Why? Did when you utility? Lie to me? No, he'll be like, "Why did you lie to me? I thought this was the next Fidenza. You shouldn't have called it the next Fidenza. You know, if it's not the next Fidenza. He's you not know, call it the next Fidenza. He's well, you should have. <laughs> it's like I hate. But this, this is. I just want to. First of all, like, let me chime in, and we're gonna get a Mediterranean here in a second here. But like, let me chime in on this. I think it's important for us, MB, I'm not saying you're not justified in your perspective here. In fact, I think you're correct. But I also think this is part of working in a novel market. Like, we're not, this is not unique to NFTs. You always act like it's unique to NFTs to say next board eight, next this. Everything was the Uber of blank. Everybody who pitched a Silicon Valley entrepreneur when they were coming out in the app after Uber came out was, it is the Uber of blank. And there was like maybe one or two Ubers of blank it is the next amazon it is the next this it is the this killer it is the next iphone you name it they do it right and sometimes it works right you know the the the, the mid phone reasons that is my point steve there's no reason it's one thing to say it's the next amazon but that's not the whole presentation it's the but next amazon but, and the rest but of the but you say this but that, that's not always the case is my point like it's not always the case someone will say they're the uber of blank and you're like why are you the uber of whatever that industry is and they don't really have good backups. They just think it sounded cool in a marketing meeting. And so I just think it's important to understand, like, the next CryptoPunks, the next this, the next that. Like, one, I'm not, like, a lot of people say nothing will be the next Board Ape or CryptoPunk. I just think it's a ridiculous statement to say. Like, yes, it won't be the next exactly that. But, like, nothing was going to squash AOL, which had mass scale. Nobody except, well, my mom still uses AOL. I think she still pays for email. But most people don't use AOL. So the point being, like, the next AOL was like, oh, nothing's going to squash AOL. Or like the next Blockbuster is like, not Blockbuster, but it's an iteration on it. So it's fine. It's just, you know, maybe it'll take off. I think the market will market. They'll decide. You're probably right. And because Solana is conducive to high frequency trading, will not shock me if people like wait till it gets to a certain point and dump and say like, all right, I'm moving on to the next thing. And this is what bull market happens in bull markets. People buy things, they run up and they can't retain value. Or people buy things, they run up. And they dump when the next hype mint comes along because they need to get liquidity for it. It's I saw somebody recently, I won't say who, like who's dropping a crypto undead. They've been tweeting about the undeads. I don't have a problem with it. Like it's their, you know, it's their, it's their, their opportunity. But like, it's like, then they're like, oh, I want to dump this thing. And it's like, you know, we just got here. And it's like, but that's okay because they want to get to the next thing and they want to use the liquid for things. So things happen. And they're not doing it in a disingenuous way. But the point being like, you know, you might vibe with something for a period of time. And then you're like, wait a minute, next hype thing's coming along. I need liquid. So I'm going to sell. So I think that that's just like part of the game, but like, it's not unique to crypto to be the next insert big thing. Like everybody around, like every, every project around here was talking about being the next Disney at some point or the next, you know, Fortnite or whatever. Like that's but just how this thing works. Where that's, that's crucially flawed in, in perpetuating that I, narrative though. Right? I agree. I, I think it's, I just, agree not, it's just not unique you. to web three is what Steve's saying. And, and, and it's not unique, but it doesn't make us look good. It ends up hurting more people than it helps. And it hurts the artists more than anyone. So you have all this fucking like attention going to one collection out of everything else he's produced. They're, they're misconstruing what the actual can we like, Can we can we just double tap on that for a second and then And then they're perpetuating it, like they're spreading it. I, I actually and, and I actually bought a different crypto pop punk collection last night. I pinned it to the top. This is where I wanted to go. Is 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 like how do we feel about one K 1K generative or non-generative collections compared to smaller editions or one of ones from the same artists that are selling at a fraction of the price. So thanks for going here, Imlo. I know Steve wanted to go to Amanda next, so maybe hold that thought. Steve, I did want to get in one bit of nonsense before Amanda brings raises back up the, the, the intelligence on the stage. Thank you in advance for doing that, Amanda. But 
I am. I was kind of shocked to see the lack of memes on the timeline this morning. This this was built for memes. I know it's an art piece, and maybe that's not where they want to go. But lo and behold, Riggs is Riggs is restoring humanity with his rubber and his wallet joke. Like that's what I was like. I was kind of shocked we hadn't seen more of those on the timeline. But lo and behold, the get you know our, our buddy Riggs did not is not letting the timeline down, and he himself is going to single handedly meme this thing to the price of Fidenzas. Yeah, absolutely. Like Riggs is memeing this all the way up until he needs to sell. Um, and then, uh, and then he will stop memeing. No, I kid. Like it's, uh, it's awesome. It's, it's good to see, but I'm going to Terry, go ahead and get in here. GM, what wakes you up bright and early this morning, my friend? Well, first of all, I was, I just want to congratulate you, Steve. It was so awesome. I think my Twitter feed, the last like 48 hours have been like Mr. And Mrs. NFT bark and your co and your uh, co-author. And I just want to say like, congrats, man. Like, it's awesome to see the books out in the stores and, um yeah first of all I just want to congratulate you um officially and then because I know we have so many OCM holders in this host It's uh, me you can just call me out on, on stage I I it I I'm the one that needs this this uh, advice <laughs> Captain we've got we've, we've got we've got Pappy you know we got Steve uh, <laughs> anyways so um I want to make sure you guys didn't miss the portal, right? So this is our fourth portal to migrate your Genesis, your Ethereum assets to Bitcoin. We did three last year. This is the first of the year. Uh, we are extending it by 24 hours. So it was going to end at noon Eastern today. We're extending it till And, and, tomorrow, and no missions needed, right? Eastern. If I didn't have, if I don't and, have any bananas, I can just pay and I can get over there and be done. Is that right? You can pay. Yeah. It's 0.02 ETH per level. So if you've done no missions which people have been doing for like over a year um and then it, it also last year was free to migrate it's 0.02 east so total will be 0.14 east so you know roughly like 300 something dollars to move but what i think people may not be fully following is uh the karma token so if you go to medium and you put in karma there is a team which includes our lead investor and the track protocol, um, which is a super legit team, uh, is doing a karma coin. And I don't know exactly when the snapshot's going to be, but it's going to be very soon after, you know, sometime after the closing of this portal. And anyone who has OCM Genesis assets and karma, but Genesis to start on Bitcoin will get airdropped a token. Um, and so I just don't want anyone to miss out on it. It's it. That's why we're extending the portal. Um, I think we're almost up to 65% of the monkey. So when I last was like 6,483 have migrated over. So there's like, you know, 3,500 something that have, you know, are either dormant wallets or haven't heard about this yet. And, uh, you're going to want to move your monkeys. So, um, this is it's it's super exciting. We have a lot of demand already from the token. It's already going to be listed on exchange. A lot of demand out of Asia. So I should say our our lead investors, Sora Ventures, out of Asia. You know they ran the um, Sora Venture Summit. You know they had Casey. They had uh, Brian Armstrong. Obviously Danny spoke. Domo, who founded you know BRC Twenties. Uh, it was an incredible event. Um, kind of December, mid-December. Uh, they are part of the team behind this. There's like a seven-person council. Um, and so I just, you know, this is this is being done by our investors and a 
protocol with some of our community involved. So it's, but it's it's very exciting, and we want to make sure people don't miss out on this opportunity because you know the airdrop will happen, uh, and it's you know money. So I just wanted to let you guys you know make sure that everyone was aware of um, of that and encourage you to move the assets over to Bitcoin. Uh, it will definitely be worth it. Uh, plus, you know, obviously you get four inscriptions, whether or not, I think one of you didn't like the deconstructed, that's okay, not wholly against you, but uh, you will get four different inscriptions uh, uh, on, you know, block nine, 450 X sats, which are, you know, the first 10 Bitcoin ever mined by Satoshi and given to Hal Finney. So really, you know, in the ordinal space, uh, digital gold in terms of real estate, couldn't get more premium in terms of sats. Um, and, you know, you're talking about Genevart, you know, obviously we will be launching Alexis Andre. Um, the plan is, in, you know, within the next couple months. Um, I've seen the art. It's incredible. This is a collection he's been working on for the last year. Um, and it's going to be an awesome collection. And obviously, if you, you know, have your monkeys, uh, you will get, um, you know, preference for allow allow spots. So this will be the first time. Obviously, he's one of the most prolific uh, you know artists. I mean, he did friendship bracelets with Snowfro for art blocks, and you know, this will be his first collection on Bitcoin. So another reason. Okay. So, anyways, that that's the alpha I wanted to share with you guys. Fitzy's on. Um, he's actually part of the council, so if there are more questions. I know he could he could probably answer some of them. As you can hear, I need to get my daughter ready for school. So You're gonna, fielding some so, questions over there. I hear that. I, I, I hear yeah, that. I'm feeling mm -hmm. some, why won't you let me watch Frozen? It's uh, 8 o'clock in the morning questions. So um, I'm going to go on mute, um, and then I'll see if there's any more questions that I can hop back on. But I will probably need to get going just to get her, get her off to preschool. No, appreciate that. I, it's funny that I, I started earlier, Cap. I said I was going to try to convince you to bridge your on-chain monkey so this is exactly the direction I was going. First of all, drinks on J-Brush next time we hang out and dinner on J-Brush. Next time we go out to that uh, Chinese place that Riggs took us out to in, um, in NFT NYC where we had the DJ network of like 15 people around. DJ is not picking up that bill this time. It's going to be J-Brush because each Celestial will receive 1 million Karma tokens. Dimensions, 135K. Genesis, uh, about 41,000, just shy of 41,000. Karma 1 and Karma 2, 4,500, which... Uh, gives a clear sort of like separation on the reason why you would own sort of a Genesis asset, which I know has always been the highest level of entry. Celestial, obviously a super high level of entry there. Um, but the idea there being like, look, this, this, you know, we talk about like, you know, airdrop season and what's going on. Um, there's that. And then I was going to say, again, the Alexis Andre piece, which is coming out, which means that like, you know, you're probably going to want to bridge. So Cap, that's where I was going to go is I want to convince you to bridge over because you talk about, hey, I haven't been, um, you know, my my OCM hasn't been uh, on its mission, so it can't bridge through. But you're basically looking at, you know, who knows what this goes to, but you're, you're basically looking at a BRC coin uh, that you get, which is funny because I didn't, I don't know why I got this inkling when Danny mentioned you can do like fungible tokens on Bitcoin. I was like, wait a minute, are you going to drop one? And he kind of like, Danny's an honest guy. So it's like, wait a minute. He just didn't say no. Uh, so I was sitting there looking at it. I'm like, wait a minute. So uh, anyway, that that's coming. So something to be yeah, paying we, attention to. Yeah, we actually to. did a spaces with the Tracked and Tap Protocol team with Jason from Sora Ventures like back in December. But it was kind of like, you know, hey, we're always about educating our community. We did with, one with the bitmaps. We, we've done with, you know, a number of different ordinals builders. Danny was just on the Quantum Cat. And, and, you know, I was listening on the Quantum Cat one because – 
you know, we did recursion and they've used recursion in their collection. So we all want to support, right, the builders and Bitcoin. So we'd like to get on spaces and host them and, you know, help people learn more about the ecosystem. But yes, that was that that is one that we did back in December. And um, yeah, kind of tracks were being laid. So um, if anyone's like wondering, oh, like, I don't know, I'm sitting East, what should I do with my assets? Like, I'm trying to paint the compelling pace that you are you got to get an airdrop from a, a very uh, seasoned team. I mean, Steve, you know, everything OCM is associated with. I mean, we deliver, whether it's, you know, Karma, uh, our, our Genesis, our OCM dimensions. Uh, this is a team that, you know, flawlessly executes on everything we do. So we wouldn't be aligned and, you know, I wouldn't be here on spaces talking about this karma coin if I didn't think it was a lot of value for everybody to go ahead and make that move. Um, so yeah, and we're building on Bitcoin. I mean, OCM is innovating on Bitcoin. Everything we're doing on a go forward is Bitcoin. So that's, that's a chain you want to be on. Um, if you want to be with OCM. Cap thoughts? Are, are See, you bridging? Yeah, I, I, my, my, my brain first thought is awesome. Appreciate the update, and yeah, I'm gonna have to get over there. Just to be clear, though, I, it's only the Genesis still, right? The the Karmas are not uh, being bridged yet. Is that right or no? Karmas are not being bridged yet, but they've been inscribed. I mean, there's been people tweeting; they've been seeing the inscriptions, and that will also be an upgrade. Like those are going to be the highest resolution art on Bitcoin. So they're actually quite large files, right? They were JPEGs. They were kind of hand-drawn art done by the Hollywood animation team behind Ice Age, Rio and Ferdinand. So that's actually a very you know expensive, big collection that we are also inscribing. Um, Karma will also get these Karma coins, but uh, I think Steve just kind of rattled off the numbers of, you know, tokens. It's, it's all in the white paper or actually not white paper. It's a medium post, um, Karma coin, medium post. Uh, you can see, but it, it is less for karma than obviously like um, Celestials, number one, and then OCM Dimensions, then Genesis, then karma. But you will get um, tokens, but you can't bridge yet um, your karma. Uh, Steve, but good opportunity my, to buy I, karma. Good opportunity to buy karma. <laughs> I, I, I think we'll see more of this, Steve. I, I think this with, with still some uncertainty on the regulation front, I, I think this could kick off a, you know, a, a, an era, a meta, if you will, of tokens being dropped for communities, not by the community or not by the brand, you know, like a, a, you know, in, you know, associates, uh, colleagues, you know, people that are close or supporters, but not be in this case, not be meta good. That's actually coming out and dropping the token rather someone who's, you know, you know, a supporter of the, of the project, of the brand, of the community thoughts on that. Steve, you think we see more and more of this? I don't see why not, because that's part of what I think we would see from a, you know, people would people would have hesitation around it related to dropping a coin for an individualized project because of this reason. So I think like supporters of the community, um, actually, like one question, then we'll, we'll keep rotating through. But one question for you, Amanda, is are there anything? So for me, because I'm sure a lot of people are thinking this for me, person in the uh, in the United States. Uh, am I worried about the, am I, am I able to claim this airdrop and do all that stuff? Like, is this going to be anything where it like, because I know it's being done by someone I believe outside of the United States, is this something I should be worried about? Or is like that kind of covered similar to, you know, pixel vault and GG and all them, or is, is it like, or is there any information on claiming if you're in the States? Uh, I don't think there's any issue. You're just going to get airdrop to your experts wallet. So yeah, there shouldn't be any issues. It's just going to be an airdrop. I'll take it. 
Awesome. No, that's 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 good to hear. Um, just because this is like again, this I, I agree, Cap. I think this is one of those things where we'll start to see a little bit more of it as time goes on because I think a lot of a lot of collections, you know, they can't necessarily take on the regulatory risk or even maybe don't have time and they're working on utility and other things, but they can build against it. Um, and it's effectively, I know like ApeCoin, it's like they separated themselves, but there was a lot of wink wink stuff in there, right? And I think this is like the example of how you can definitely move this forward in, in a way that uh, gets distribution out. And I think coins, it's like the market will determine what they like and what they don't, but it's definitely going to be an opportunity and a potential, you know, a, you know, potential utility event and a potential liquidity event. Also, just friendly reminder, offers on the table. My couch is yours. I actually have a guest bed now. My oldest is living in you know, an apartment. So if you ever need the guest bed, you're welcome to take any of these. The, you know, it's a nonstop direct flight. It's an hour and 40 minutes. Right now, it's like 350 bucks, 386 bucks. We can, we can take a quick w- weekend jaunt to Bahamas whenever, whenever you need. Bo, go to Bahamas, make the claim, bounce out, call it a day. It's funny when things like that happen. When I was in the Dominican Republic and I couldn't use like my YouTube TV because it like wasn't supported there or something like that. So, um, you know, it goes both ways. You need uh, a VPN, Steve, a VPN. Well, Joey, I don't want to commit securities fraud, so I'm not going to do that. Um, let's go ahead and uh, let's go ahead and go to Fitzy. Fitzy I don't think home. they're going to come after you for using a VPN to watch YouTube TV. Oh yeah, I thought you were talking about like going to another country and claiming an airdrop. I'm like, not. No, I meant so you can play. watch YouTube TV when you're in another country. <laughs> yeah, that's 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 more fair. Um, go ahead and go ahead and get in here, Fitzy. I want to get your take on this because I know that's what you want to talk about, and then we'll we'll keep running. Yeah, yeah, I'll be quick. I mean, Jim, Jim, thanks, guys. Um, happy what day is it? Happy Thursday. Um, I mean, Amanda said quite a lot of it. Obviously, I am I am on the council. I think the best thing to do is not go into the information now. But I have pinned the space um, that Jason Fang, um, one of our council members, has posted up there. So all the information we're going to go into later today. Um, and there's also the post that links to the, the Camacoin post up there that links to the Medium article. Um, what Amanda said as well, just to go back about the migration over, if you haven't done any of the missions and you, you're going to need to pay that 0.02 potentially for maybe one level to boost it or boost it for a couple of levels, or if it has zero, then you, you boost paying the whole you know 0.02 per level and then the 0.02 to, to, um, to upgrade across to Bitcoin, so that would be 0.14 ETH. It is worth noting, though, that if you look at the floor on the ETH monkeys, it's about $2,940 currently. And if you look on the floor on Bitcoin, it's more like 3400 So that actually gets absorbed <laughs> and more by just having the asset being worth more on Bitcoin immediately. So there are a couple of points from me. Karma Coin, we are incredibly excited. It's you know a community initiative, but with full support of the group, the team, um, you know, on-chain monkey, mega good, everything. Um, and there's a lot of exciting stuff coming. So if you haven't migrated, I would just say upgrade to Bitcoin and um, let's have a good year. Yeah, I mean, that's the thing, Cap. It's like, regardless of the feeling on it, and I know we've had a lot of discussion around this. I think for a lot of people, like, if, you know, like, if, if you're not interested in the ecosystem, totally get that. That's where people probably sell and, you know, like go somewhere else, right? But if you are interested in the ecosystem, you know, participate. Run over to Bitcoin and uh, and and see how that see how that goes. I mean, I, I'm more than happy to be there personally. Um, you know, excited to see sort of directionally. Uh, you know, where this whole thing uh, this whole thing nets out. Um, want to throw to? I'm going to look at this. Poor Dave Toronto has gotten way too boxed out lately on time constraints. He's been up a couple times. He hasn't gotten in. So even though I don't know if Dave was next in hands, I'm going to go to Dave. Because poor David is a regular member of this community, has not gotten in. So Dave, Tor- justice for Dave Toronto. Get on in here, sir. GM, how you doing? 
Hey, GM. Uh, thanks. No, I, it didn't bother me, actually. I was just listening. Um, and uh, I was going to talk about generative art, but I don't know if it's appropriate right now. But um, my question Go for is, it. Hit it. Yeah, hit whatever you want. Hit whatever you want. All right. So, you know, my question around generative art is like, at what point, like, especially when you're using AR, AI, sorry, um, you know, is the, the person who creates it, are they an artist? You know, and this is a question. I don't know, right? Like, yes. Yes. Right? Okay. Strong yes. Okay. So I, I don't know. I'm just curious because I'm just wondering because at the end of the day, what's the difference between a coder? Uh, I guess it may be. I could see the, the take there, but I was just like, I mean, if you're prompting. Um, Do you know any professional photographers that don't use editing material, that don't use Photoshop or Lightroom or like, like it's like, I, I think it's, it's a tool and a resource for a, an artist. Uh, maybe a little bit. Yeah. Like I, I see where you're going with it, but I mean, at the end of the day, a photographer is actually taking the photo and deciding, you know, what to frame and all of that. And then they're using other tools to, I have a question. Dave. When you create art with AI, is it good? Oh, uh, well, my if, mind's if awful. Prompter, and this is why, this is why know, well, that's, exactly, that's exactly it. That's the art is, is what you're feeding the machine to get the the output like my art is awful every once in a while i'll try to do something and it's 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 so much more difficult than people lead it to believe to lead, than lead you to believe like you get an image like you want to just change one simple thing that's I, I, for me that's near impossible to do i'll put the same like no just use this exact image just change this thing it never returns what i'm asking like it, there is a real skill set to be a good prompter to generate good art i, I would also what, one other thing to throw in there dave i'll let you get back in here but yeah. i and i think it's a good provocative question and i know yeah. you are you are not I'm, you are I'm not attacking curious. like i'm You're, not i haven't made a final decision on it. i'm just generally i i keep going back and forth because i see arguments both ways yeah and and so my answer to that would be one absolutely yes it is art and two i would say for me personally I am not a artist naturally. Like I am not an artist. I don't have artistic bone in my body. I can play music, but when I try to draw or whatever, and like poor, like, you know, Aaron, Aaron Blaisdell, like one of the listeners, um, Aaron, who's in the DJ Network War Room, he does the pigeon art. He does the, uh, uh, anyway, I sent him a, 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 a book beforehand. He's a UCLA professor to read. And I tried to draw a pigeon in it. If you saw the pigeon I drew, you would know I am not an artist, okay? Um, but I wanted to say, you know, I made like a don't get pigeonholed joke in there and everything. But point being like, Look, like, I can't do that. But when I go on AI art, I can express emotions about my family. I can express emotions about my life and my friends in different ways. Now, is the art good? I don't know. Probably not. Like, I probably could be a lot better about my art. But, like, point being, like, I think any medium where you can express yourself is about is, – is, is art personally. And, again, like, different people are going to have different perspectives. But I do believe generative art is art. And I think the people who do it, like, to your point, like – it's, it is a hard thing. You have to have the right, correct interfaces. I, I always make the analogy, and I'll make it here too. It's like, you can give a basketball to me. I'm not going to be as good of it as, as good with it as basketball to LeBron James, right? It's like AI art is a tool that you can use, but like as the medium goes, like there are people who are going to be better than others. So I think what somebody creates there, you know, it's like, again, like I always get careful about what is art, where again, it's like, Hey, Jackson Pollock splattered some stuff on a page. Is that art, you know, or somebody used dots or, oh, you know, like this is, you know, this abstract art of this melting face. Is this really art? It's like, once you start getting down those discussions, that's where I get worried. And to me, like generative art is art across the board, no matter how it is, it's beautiful. Like a squiggle is art. You correct, you combine tech with code to bring something to life. So I don't know that that's my take on it personally. No, Wait, but isn't, isn't generative art and AI art two different things? 
Oh, Joey, we, we, do I, we do, do I need <laughs> to do this again? Oh, like, no, there are three different types of generative art. I think I think uh, we've been schooled. <laughs> I've heard I've heard there are three types of generative art. In yeah, fact, yeah. Um, yeah, but no, um, yeah, they are they are both called generative broadly, but not necessarily the same thing between AI. Uh, generative and anyway uh go ahead dave yeah the only thing i was going to say is because what i'm noticing is that it's one of those unique things where good prompters it's going to be a skill set that spans multiple um industries uh lines of work and and just everywhere like being a good prompter is a skill set that it's one of these rare things like like i'll give an example if you're a good photographer or if you have some skills there and using photoshop whatever it's a it's a very niche right if you're a good prompter you're going to be able to do a lot of things going forward, right? And I don't. So, I don't know what I agree with that either, though, because I think that like you can be a good prompter of certain things, mm. but that doesn't necessarily mean like like I may not be able to build a web page or write code, um, with you know very well, but I may be able to prompt up my um, you know, I may be able to prompt like uh, art well, or I may be able to prompt code well and answer like I can get my my daughter's algebra homework done on ChatGPT. I've learned that if I want to check it over, but I can't necessarily make the best AI art. Now, I, I think we're going to see that change. I think now, right now I can see how you say, like how you think, like my, I, I bet you're going to see a lot like of changes in this space going forward. And you're going to see that as people get better in, in, in prompting, a lot of people are going to do a lot, are going to be able to do a lot of things because there's a lot of core principles around uh, prompting that span every genre or every, every type of work. And if you know how to do it properly, You'll be. It's a, it's really a. It's it's about using the English language in the right way, right? Um, obviously, some tweaks, and obviously, like, it's not that simple. But I mean, I think you're going to start to see more people going to be able to do art, um, and not that it's a bad thing. It might be a good thing. It, it'll be interesting to see how it develops. But I think you're going to see it's a skill set that's going to grow because it's going to be something everyone's going to need to get good at, in my opinion, over the next little while because AI is going to be everywhere. And uh, it'll be interesting to see how it, like, whether or not the art that's generated through um, AI today is going to be thought of the same in a year or two, three or four from now, when even the AI, even the, even as the interfaces improve, um, and you can just talk to it, um, and you know what I mean. Like, I think you're, it's going to be crazy to see how this thing evolves. But yeah, I can see the argument either way. It's just an, it's an interesting, it's it's going to be an interesting development. That's all. Yeah, it'll be interesting to follow, and I think a lot of these conversations are happening right now. But and they're good to have, right? They're provocative conversations. Um, you know, I feel, I feel, I, but personally, again, like just me personally, yeah. I feel relatively strongly that AI art is art and the work that goes into it. And I don't think the improvement of tools changes. You know, to me personally, I don't think it. I think it, I think you will still have people who are able to get outputs that you otherwise wouldn't be able to that that resonate with people, just like any other form of you know, yeah. like. You like because you can make AI music right now, but AI music isn't necessarily going to always surpass people who are writing and playing music. But there's going to be some AI music artists who do use that, and they do go into the zeitgeist. But it's not going to be everything, I don't think. But you know, we'll Again, see. That's a good example, actually, music-wise. There's a lot of people who play instruments, but not many of them can have number one hits. Yeah. Uh, so everyone has access to the same tools. So we'll see. Yeah, but no, I get it. Last question before I go. That's not related to this, and I don't know if someone on the OCM community here are, are all the ocms available right now on uh in in the marketplace on OpenSea, whatever are they all available to bridge now like how do you know if something's been bridged or not it's maybe a stupid question i, I need to dive into the into this because i'm really interested in getting into the ocm it's a it's a great question and, and 
amazing that you want to come in, mate. And I'm, I'm always here if you've got any questions, the whole team and uh, the community is. Um, if it's on OpenSea, it's still on ETH. That it is impossible for you to go to OpenSea, see one of the ones on that page and buy it and it, it already having been um, teleburned across. And so just to give you a bit of information about that, that's because when it teleburns, it, it moves it out of the existing wallet to a teleburn. It's not, it's not being burned. There's a, there's a distinction there that I won't go into, but it's still alive and it's yeah. still visible um, on Ethereum forever. But no, if it's on OpenSea, you can buy it with 100% confidence that you can migrate that and fully own it and there's no funny business. Excellent. All right, good. Awesome. Yeah, I'll reach out to some of you guys because I'm, I'm going to pull the trigger, I'm sure. On a, on a few Love things. to connect anytime, mate. All right. Awesome. Thanks for that. Exciting times. Really good conversation here. Uh, appreciate. And again, like this is one of the reasons why, like we try to create a space where exactly this, this can happen, right? Where, you know, Dave has a, a provocative question. We're not going to jump down his throat or whatever. It's just about having the conversation and getting to the best possible ideas uh, is the idea here. And so, you know, it, it creates, I think, a space for us all to have that conversation point about what we see in the future here. Um, that said, let's go ahead and go to, we're going to go to actually, uh, Mike Elf next, and then um, just because Mike, again, Mike usually has hard stops. Sometimes we miss him. Mike GM, GM. and then Emlo raising the hand. We'll go to you. Thanks, you appreciate it. Yeah, I gotta. I actually gotta run uh, to an appointment, but I appreciate you letting me up, jumping on. Um, I, I think we need to bury this is AI art art thing, and really, we're not asking the right question. We're asked the question we should be asking is: Is the art that I've prompted or whoever's prompted worth putting out? And then also worth putting out on a blockchain and minting it. Not everything you make needs to be minted. And also not everything you make needs to be shown. And, uh, you know, I'll quote Claire Silver, which was, you know, taste is the new skill. Anybody can sit down in front of anything and prompt anything now. Does that mean it's good? No. Um, you know, is AI art art? That's the that's question is dumb. Of course it is. Is it good? Good is subjective. If you're in NFTs, does that make you an art critic? No. I'm done. Oh, banger. Sorry, I was I thought you were like I thought you were doing a dramatic like the pregnant pause, and then you were gonna come in and just like, go over the top on no, it. No, that's it. That's um, what I got. No, mic drop there. <laughs> yeah, yeah no, and Dave, it's, Dave and I have had interesting conversations about this, and to be honest with you, uh I, I think that really we just need to get past this idea of uh you know, is it art? Is it not? I'm an artist. Am I not? You're a real artist. What makes a real artist? These are not the questions. This is you're like right. flagellation of lips. No, you're right. You, 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 I think you convinced me there. That was some good comments. I agree. I'm, I'm listening. I'm developing my opinion as well. But I, the more we had this conversation right now, I was like, yeah, it makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. And like, I like, uh, I also like the term flagellation of lips. That was actually really well done Michael. Yeah. um <laughs> yeah well you know i'm a pro i am a prompter at heart so ha. yeah yeah there you go like see like you put flagellation of lips into uh into mid journey you're gonna get a very different thing than if i put like you know kind of we're, we're we're talking and you know beating up the idea or whatever i don't know what the term would be but ten, very ten thousand k uh 10k uh collection of flagellation of lips coming tomorrow on the say blockchain crypto flagellations ready to hit what? ready to hit tomorrow flagellation yeah, let's go. Like, uh, so, or, hey, Steve. By the way, congrats on the book. I'm gonna go buy it this weekend in person. I wanted to buy it in person. Oh, that gets me all excited. Thank you so much, Mike Elf. Appreciate the kind words. It was uh, a labor of love, and appreciate everyone sharing the kind words. Still coming across the timeline, getting those people talking about buying, like, which is awesome. Um, I've never seen a book. It's a book, right? It's it's an educational tool, and people are like posting it like a sold out mint. I'm so stoked about it. Um, 
really making my absolute world. Like I actually, I'm going to show, I was actually going to do a, um, what's it called? A sort of screen recording of my timeline to share with like family and friends who like, maybe like don't quite get what's going on on my timeline right now. Um, because I'm like, I don't think you understand. Like people came out for this. So appreciate it, Mike. And looking forward to you getting that opportunity to buy it in person. Seeing it in person was awesome. Um, Emlo, we're going to go Emlo and Joey Vowles in that order here in a second. Emlo, go ahead and get in here. I know you're waving like crazy. GM. GM. Yeah, I think Mike made some really good points that I was going to make as well. The taste is the new skill. That Claire Silver quote couldn't be more true. I think that like a lot of people are going to be using AI. Like Even in the past year, the amount of people that have used AI art, even though AI art has been a thing for since, I don't know, maybe like four or five years people are only i was really hoping you were going to be like since the days of da vinci or something like that just to like give no 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 no. i I would say like you have you have ai art on chain which is some of the most expensive art you have the lost robbies that are selling for like hundreds of thousands of dollars which are like kind of ugly but they're grotesque in, in a good way and like because they were so early they show what ai art looked like back then and there are very few pieces of AI art from back then that are on chain that we can verify were made back then, which make them even more valuable. That's why I think also blockchain is really interesting when you combine it with AI art, because then you actually have a date stamp of what we were actually like, what our tools looked like at that time, at that day and time. You have people like Claire, though, that like combine different models. I do that also. And then you get kind of more bespoke models that are a little bit different than let's say just prompting on mid journey or on Dolly, no, no shame to anyone that just prompts, but I'm just saying there's a difference between just pure prompting and actually maneuvering it and doing other things to it. Because like there are very different ways that people prompt and like, there's no right way, but like you can tell when someone is pure prompting versus doing something else. And like to the point where that Dave made about like, if he's unsure if it's hard or not, I, I don't think, if someone calls it art, that if someone who cares about art calls it art, that means it's art. Like, I don't think it, it's a question of is it art or not. The, the question is more like, do you like it or not? And that's subjective. So it doesn't really matter if you like it or not. It's more about what the artist is trying to say. And a lot of times art doesn't need to be good or bad. A lot of times it's about like stirring conversations and like, what does, what is that piece of art trying to say? So I think that like this conversation bringing it back home to pop punk, it doesn't really matter. I don't think it's fair to say it's the next Fidenza's because like he uses a totally different style. It's a different type of generative art. And this is more AI focused. And also like putting, calling something the next Fidenza's is like doing it to fail because like that's basically saying that like you can't, you can't compare something to Fidenza's at, at all, especially something that's so like new that said, I think that this collection has a lot of merit and that Pop did a really great job. And I also wanted to ask what you think about it minting for like 25 bucks. Do you think that that was obviously that was underpriced, but do you think that that's one of the reasons why it mooned so like more than it might have had it been priced at, let's say, $200? Maybe. It's hard to say, though, because like you can see this going both ways, right? Like, I'm, and it, I, first of all, I love the commentary. The other thing I want to build on, like, that you said there that I don't want to get lost in the shuffle because I think it was actually a banger of a point is that like when people use the term just like outer it's almost like we zoom in a little further outer came up here and she's like 
let's set some records straight about what we mean by the term generative art and what this is, right? And she helped us level set on sort of the different types of it. And that's why all joking, whenever Joey, when you ask the questions, we were like, ah, because Outer kind of up and like made the point that you made, which was like, there's like sort of three different types of generative art. You know, there's, you know, trait generation that you see on our PFPs, there's AI generation, and there's other generative art like you see on art blocks, like kind of making those points, right? And so you look at that, and then that's one zoom out or zoom in. Zoom in a little further yet still, and what you find is you find that there's different methodologies used within generative art. Like, you know, and then zoom in even further still, and I think about like Tyler Hobbs and what I saw in the Pace Gallery. His physical pieces require different physical actions. His People's digital pieces, sometimes they do a generative piece, they pull it off, and they edit it from there. Sometimes they do a generative piece, and they leave it as is. Sometimes they, you know, make tweaks or put things together, right? It's like, I have used, and this isn't like, like, I don't consider myself an artist for this, but like, as an example, like... I've used AI art uh, to create logos or, you know, event things or things for presentations. And a lot of times I take those and then I layer something on top of them in like a canvas or something like this. And again, this isn't like what real artists do per se, right? They actually have real processes and different things. But the point being like what I have there would be considered AI art or I created it in, in using AI, you know, but at the same time, that's very different than different types of AI art where it's not manipulated after the fact or it's used for a different purpose. And so there's different methodologies. And I think what you brought up there, but to answer your question directly, and then I know I'm going to let you get back in if you want to get back in before we go to Joey is like the other part about it that I would say is like, you know, when you look at the actual like end put result of what someone's doing, judging it, not based on sort of the emotion and the thought provoking, you know, ideals they're put, trying to put out there is, 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 you know, generally like the wrong way to look at it. And your question about the actual paid number, you know, to me, I would actually answer that by saying, we've seen it go both ways. That $25 could have level set the like market price as being way too low. And you'd have people flipping for $27 and $28 and then people undercutting at $18, or it can be an opportunity for it to go a thousand X and just go crazy. So I don't know that like, that's a playbook per se. I think the art and the market end up deciding that if that makes sense. Yeah, 100%. And my other point that I wanted to make was, like, I'm an AI artist. I also have a, a full-time job, and I create some, like, mock-ups for them and things like that. Would I consider what I create with AI as mock-ups, like AI art? Like, yeah, I do use AI with it, but I think also intention is important as well. I, I wouldn't say that, like, the pieces that I'm making for my boss are my most masterful pieces, like, even though I put a lot of work and effort into them it's very different than pieces I'm putting onto super rare or on foundation or something else. The other thing is pop has a ton of collections on ETH that are like priced way lower right now compared to what rubber is priced at. I bought a piece last night, which is a collection of a hundred. Um, yeah, there are a hundred one of ones and I bought one for like 0.08 ETH. And like, that's very different than what pops collection on soul is going for right now. So I think that there are like, and this is still an AI collection. I think it's just interesting to see like how the dynamics of like a, a thousand piece collection makes it so that th there's much more liquidity in that market than let's say a piece, a collection of a hundred pieces. I totally agree. I totally agree with that point. I think intent and purpose matters. I think intent of the art matters. Right. And I think when you talk to an artist, cause there's been times when an artist has put out a piece and I'm like, eh, and then I read when I did the Diamond Ness exhibition with Moonbirds, I read and learned about all the artists and their art, and I didn't pick the ones. I mean, I put in the people like everybody else being like, oh, it's the most expensive. I could sell it. 
so I, and I was transparent about that in the show. I'm like, look, that would be a liquidity event for me. But I ended up putting in for the ones I really liked. I bought some on secondary and it's because I read the artist's purpose and intent behind the pieces. It resonated with me and I made the purchase. So I agree with you. I think intent and purpose matter. So I love that you said that because I think that's an important part of generative art as well as any other art. You know, when I do, when I do art that harkens to like, you know, more, like I put, I put some dark, you know, AI art in the timeline. People are like, Oh, you're a happy guy. I'm like, yeah, but I'm also a multidimensional human who sometimes has thoughts that aren't always happy thoughts. Right. And by expressing those and being able to get those out through AI art, it helps me cope with them. It helps me deal with them stuff with my son and my daughter and my, my wife that I've done for AI art related things where it's like, by putting in the feelings and emotions I have towards them and getting those things. It's like, you know, I have like one that I did where it's like, you know, an old man handing like a globe to a young boy and like did that when I was thinking about my son and like my daughter and I watching a ship sail off the sea, like did that thinking about like some very, you know, tough times in my life with her. So it's like those things are, are the purpose behind it, which by the way, it, it's shared, but it's not like I'm putting it out there to sell. And that to me is one of the real marks of why AI art is art is that, I'm using it for the sole purpose that the same purpose that I sit down and I play piano when I need to de-stress the same purpose that maybe someone paints or someone dances or someone, you know, it is a medium that you can use in that way. And I know for me, I feel that art and that art matters to me. I don't care if anyone wants to buy it or not. I care that I made art. So, um, I'm with you. I'm low and I appreciate the thoughts there. Um, Joey Valls, go ahead and get in here. Thanks for your patience, sir. GM. Of course, GM, everybody. Um, I am actually in the process of trying to migrate my Genesis over um, to BTC right now. I'm getting some help in the Discord because there's a little bit of an issue. I, I guess my question about the Karma token is: I understand that it's um, it's from it's not from the team. Like I read through the whole thread um, that Tat Thang posted, um, where where it talks about like you know. Uh, allocation and estimated token price. Um, so, and then there's like quotes for potential uh, USD conversion. So, I guess I, in uh, Fitzy mentioned that there might, was there a recorded spaces or was there? Because I'm just trying to understand like how the estimations of like if you're a celestial holder, you're going to get dropped like forty thousand dollars. Like that seems. I don't know. Maybe I'm skeptical, but is there is there more information than just this thread that talks about like the opportunity with this karma coin? So first thing I will say is, as you might ex expect, if you if you know me, that in terms of tokenomics, that's definitely not why I'm on the council. So I, I mean, I'm going to kind of um, not really dive too deep into that stuff. There's people on the team like Jason and Solomon, who were obviously uh, very much more qualified. Um, the Medium article is the first piece of real information. The space is actually today. Um, so I've pinned that up top. It's not, it's not a space that's already happened. It's the space that's happening tonight where we're going to go through everything, talk about the whys, um, talk about the whats. Um, you know, obviously some things we, we can't fully say, but you know, a lot of it we're going to be very, very open and honest and clear about. Um, it'll give you a chance to meet all of us um and ask questions obviously as well there'll be open um, discourse as well um in terms of the to be very 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 clear because i know that crypto slate took the medium article and ran with it and and announced on-chain monkey launches karma coin the on-chain monkey team did not create this the, the community-based council created this but the full 
support has been publicly given by the team, by the founders, by the on-chain monkey and by MetaGood. So um, if anybody has, that's obviously the core question when you have these things. And that is the most important one, I believe, at this point. So yeah, hopefully that answers the question where I can. I, I don't really want to um, go into all of the answers about like the, the dollar amounts, because quite frankly, we had a call this morning and I was asking similar questions. I don't know how they land upon those. I've never been a, uh, a coin. Uh, I don't play the casinos in Web3, to be honest. It's probably the best way of putting it. Um, so it'd be like me giving my advice on a medical condition. It's just unqualified. But the space would be the place to ask that question, mate. It's a great question. Oh, no, that's I appreciate it. I couldn't remember if you said the space was incoming or it had already happened. So, yeah, I definitely set the reminder because I'm going to show up for the spaces and listen in. So I think it's I to, to what Cap said earlier and Steve, I think it's super interesting when a community gets together and does something for the benefit of the project. Um, and then obviously, if OCM is getting behind it, then they've clearly done their due diligence I, I can't imagine they would endorse something that they didn't spend ample time digging into because, you know, anything you endorse in this space, whether you're a project or an individual, you're essentially staking your reputation on. And from what I know about Amanda and the rest of the team, they wouldn't just attach their name to something if they didn't feel it was, you know, a, a good opportunity. So if anybody's curious, I would as a holder and somebody who's been in the community, if OCM is willing to put their name behind it, right? Not on it because it's not theirs, but behind it, it's probably a good sign. I, I think the way that I look at this and that this is the kind of language that, and, and I'd have to be interested to hear the stage's opinions on this, but um, the, the way that I look at this kind of initiative is it's, and again, it's crude language, but I think it, it, gives, the, it gives the visual. It's a bolt-on to the company. It's a bolt-on to the team and I, and I would certainly having gone through this so far and obviously you know that the fun stuff's going to come but like through the technicals and thinking about this and and how this works and why are we doing this and is that the right reason and what can we do with the treasury once we have that right it is just a bolt-on and this is web3 right there is no reason that the team has to go anywhere near certainly not with the regulatory um landscape as, as it has been for the last few years and still is teams aren't doing that Right. I mean, you know, I'm going to use another one of my communities, but like Gutter, right? Gutter had this problem. They had everything go wrong the second that they tried to launch this coin. And then when it got kiboshed, the FUD started. And so it is actually so much better, in my opinion, that you have a community that is doing it for the reasons that the community wants. The community has said. And in fact, this this stage in recent weeks has been a, a platform for this conversation that on-chain monkey should be doing this and what about this and what about marketing and what about activation and what about content and what about IRL events and these guys are too busy building not too busy that's wrong these guys are incredibly busy building bleeding edge pioneering tech on bitcoin right which is incredibly difficult so we said as i believe you know fairly respected community members let's go and do this but let's make sure that it gets full support and if it wouldn't have got full support we wouldn't have done it the, the other question I'd be curious too is, you know, we've talked about it on here, like bananas, right? Like what are bananas going to be? Are bananas going to just remain this off-chain fun ecosystem token or will bananas eventually become something? I'd be curious now with this karma launching, do bananas never become more than just a fun 
off-chain token like they are and this is kind of like taking the place of what maybe people were pressuring the team into doing with bananas right like turn bananas into something um and this kind of takes some pressure off of the team now that the community has gotten together to do something yeah i mean the best thing you can turn bananas into quite frankly is a smoothie i mean i highly recommend that stick some strawberries in there some blueberries and you know real good um but seriously that kind of thing is possible there is no black and white answer we're giving on that but have we considered and do we consider and are we considering how we could integrate those things together absolutely it's on the table um well like i think there's i think there's a couple ways to look at it too uh joey because i think your your point is sound but like there's a bunch of things that, that are that are going in here and this is all going to be like levels of speculation slash will they won't they right that i'll get into here but on one end like you have a um you know you have the banana you have the banana bot and you actually there's some like banana bot thing we're building it seems like uh with uh you know the some of the mission so can that be used potentially to port over bananas into some token i don't know number one number two there's the idea the team issued bananas and that potentially puts them in a sticky position because then them issuing bananas and then turning that into a fungible token in some way then gives them a further connection to the fungible token so there's that potential issue right that you might raise to so i don't know if that matters or not i don't know the regulatory environment well enough to say What's what here? I'm just giving different speculative ideas. The other idea is you have what Pixel Vault is doing uh, with Reboot and with Battle Plan, where they have things that are basically soulbound, right? Tickets and things like this, which you can then ultimately convert into GG in their native token. But there's reasons to use the tickets in the ecosystem to get yourself more game credits or to upgrade skills. So they have this like multifaceted ecosystem, which is really brilliant. It's like there also is a world where what if they had a banana bot, you know, that allowed you to, con that you could earn, that allowed you to convert to karma, a coin, but they have utility for bananas in the on-chain monkey ecosystem, like things like, oh, you can get merch for these, or you get this, like all those things. Well, then suddenly you have a buy side and a sell side for the bananas, and some people would want to acquire bananas to use it for the utility in the on-chain monkey ecosystem. Some people would go the other direction. And then, of course, there's the, there's the idea that, you know, bananas, well, they're a great idea of daily active users within the ecosystem, uh, don't exist in the future, right? Where it's just like, hey, everything's run through Karma Coin. So all of those are possible outcomes from this. And I have to imagine the team discusses all possible outcomes with this stuff because there's so many opportunities and ways to approach it. But to your point, Joey, into the one Fitzy was making, it's like, you know, the team's job, first and foremost, and we talk about this on the show, they need to, in a new, you know, speculative regulatory environment, they need to keep themselves out of trouble first and foremost. Because if they can't run the project, that actually puts everybody at jeopardy. And obviously with NFTs, there's third-party utilities, so people can build on top of it. But the point being, you don't want the team in a position where they feel like they're handcuffed and can't do things. So I'm sure they're considering all of them to your point, but it's such a complicated world. And the last thing you want to do is misstep, misspeak, or misdo something. And then suddenly you're in this position where it's like, well, I guess that's that. Like, you know, we can't do anything for a while because we've, you know, put ourselves in this sort of like speculative situation that, now puts us in a regulatory problem. So I think, you know, there's a lot of complexities there, but I really like the thoughts, Joey, that you're bringing up because it's like, we need to be thinking about as on-chain monkey holders, like I've been showing up and getting my bananas every day. So like, if those can turn into a fungible token, awesome. If not, totally get it. But then like, where's the utility to create a buy and a sell side? So uh, Fitzy, I'll let you respond. And like, actually, Fitz, Joey, go ahead and respond then like Fitzy yeah. and then we'll go over to Dragon. I was going to say, like, I agree with you. I, I, I love this, this karma token thing. I think it's great. Um, I think it's, 
amazing what the community is doing. I do think it does take some pressure off of the team in regards to what are the banana, what's banana tokens going to become, right? I think it gives them more opportunity to focus on the tech and what they're building because karma is now available to reward holders. But to your point, Steve, like I've been collecting my bananas every day too. And yes, there has been some utility created within the ecosystem where people, you can pay somebody bananas for them to mock up what your genesis will but look like. But that's community-based utility. There's been, there has yeah, been yeah. some project, but not a ton to your point recently. I felt like there was a lot more like last year. Go ahead. I know I agree. I, I'm agreeing with you. And what I'm saying is, is there has been some, but there still isn't enough yet to continue to incentivize people to come and connect the, collect these bananas. And maybe, I don't know, you know, there was the, there was merch before you can redeem for bananas. And so, and again, I think they're super focused right now on the tech side of things, which is fine. And I think karma does alleviate some of that pressure, but I would love to see whether it, it's a Dow proposal, right? Somebody comes up with an idea for, for bananas and it gets proposed to the Dow and then it goes to a community vote. But hopefully there is something coming in the future um, with the banana token because, you know, there's rise and that ethos of rise is such a big part of the community that we're encouraged every day to go in and and share and give. And it would just be nice to see something. And, and I'm not pressuring them to do it now. I think karma is a great um, is a great uh, pressure reliever for them. Go ahead. Go ahead, Vitsi. Yeah, I think there's a lot of points there, but I think the new the new point for me to come back on there is the well, not come back on actually, you know, talk um, collaboratively is the DAO piece. So when it when it kind of dawned on me, which it didn't on day one in the first meeting <clears throat> that we had, but um, the DAO obviously is going to get a bag of Karma coin. So in terms of now, okay, we have our team and our um, entity. Um, fully supported by the team, we also have the full support of the DAO because we now are going to have them be receiving Karma Coin. So in terms of what that can facilitate, and it now brings you this kind of triangulation of entities, it's just, it's alignment. It's everything that I believed that I was getting into a few years ago when everyone kept using the phrase aligned incentives, aligned incentives, aligned incentives. And I don't know that there's been uh, an incredibly well done, um, fully aligned incentive, smoothly run without issues in this kind of way with team, community, and a DAO. Um, and we haven't done it yet, so we, we, there's no there's no parade. I'm just saying we intend to um, put on a bit of a um, you know a demonstration of, of how we can do that. And nothing's done yet, but it's one thing I want to just say as well. And I, I'm about to die on battery, so I need to actually run. Um, I'll make it my last point. You'll be glad to know. Um, it's worth considering this in terms of value as well as an RCM. So this is a majority airdropped token, heavy majority to OCM holders, right? And that's great. Um, but also, it's not just that, okay, well, there's this token worth zero and it has to kind of raise from there or it's worth a few cents or it's worth whatever. Whatever the numbers that everyone else wants to talk about, I mean, it's not personally my bag, um, but whatever, I get it. But it's not just that. Because of the fact that we're doing it in collaboration with TAP Protocol and we have Track Token and Pipe Token, and these guys are going to get an airdrop as well, but not an airdrop. They have to actually kind of um, use Track to buy uh, Karma. There is instant money coming into our treasury because that is worth, I think it, I think it jumped 25% Track 
at the at the news of Karmacoin. So it's it's four something dollars, I think, is the is the amount. Um, so automatically, there's a war chest there, and yeah, I won't say too much more, but it's it's more than just we're creating a coin within a, a closed off ecosystem, and then we're going to try and grow it. We're actually bringing in new people who maybe couldn't get in China is massive these wechat groups and this is jason from sora who has this information it's not my alpha he's much more tapped into that side of the world but um they are very excited at the chance to have the ability to swap some track for um karma and get involved and it's an entry point for an entire entirely new potentially entirely new audience with huge appetite to come into one chain monkey that maybe couldn't afford a karma at a few hundred dollars but guess what now you can come in and get in with all the upside still to go on Karma Coin, so th there's a lot of things at play here. And the, the space tonight, we're going to cover it all. Uh, I would highly recommend joining us if you can. Um, but my battery is going to die, so I probably will cut myself off. And uh, sorry for talking. Yeah, so take much. care of that phone. You are freaking me out just talking about low battery. I'm the guy who who am my battery. Me and my son, both. If our battery hits like 83%, we're like, that's it. We're going to die stranded in the middle of the desert. It's over. Like when it hits like 83%. Whereas, like, Mrs. NFT Bark and my daughter will run that shit right into the ground. Like, I'll look at them and be like, how is your watch at 9%? And she's just like, it's fine. I still have plenty of time. But there was one time when we were on a hike. Honestly, we had hiked, like, I don't know. And I think it tracks as it goes, and it, it'll, like, save it no matter what and just end the workout. But we had hiked, like, seven or eight miles, maybe even, like, nine miles or something. And I looked at her watch, and it was, like, getting ready to die. I'm like, oh, man, are you about to lose this hike, like, right at the end of the hike? Um, but she didn't, she ended up making it. So, um, you know, that's her. And it's like, look, I'm, if my gas tank is at half a tank, that's it. I'm going to get stranded. It's over for me. So I'm just, I'm so, I'm that guy. So when I hear that, Fitzy, you're giving me hives, freaking me out. So look, looking forward to seeing what's built out here. I mean, like, it's going to be an interesting scenario with the claim and with, um, with the airdrop and, you know, seeing how that goes down, I I'm going to be fascinated with, with it. Like, again, I am not a expert in the ordinals ecosystem. I'm just a guy who enjoys OCM and likes the community and is looking forward to seeing the experimentation and how everything goes. Um, a guy who's currently eating his second piece of cookie cake for breakfast. Don't judge me. It's one of those days. I had a big pile of vegetables and now I'm ruining it with two pieces of cookie cake. Um, Dragon, I want you to get in here with anything you want to hit that we've covered this morning. Go ahead and get in here, GM. Hey, GM, everybody. Uh, can you hear me okay, Steve? You sound better than fantastic. Perfect. Um, wow, we covered a lot of ground. This is one of my favorite spaces in a while. And so I want to start, though, with uh, congratulations on the book. Uh, it showed up uh, from Amazon uh, to my doorstep. I ripped it open and started it. And, you know, I know it's something that you put your uh, put your entire heart into. And um, like what a gift to to everybody that's trying to get into this world and make sense of it at all for you to you and Scott and the whole team you know, to work on this the last year or however long you've been working on it. So, you know, to anybody that hasn't gotten the book yet, it's on Amazon. And I think I haven't looked, but it sounds like it's like the bestseller that, that's popping off. So congrats on that, um, first of all. Thank you so much. Appreciate the kind words. And yeah, I mean, if you haven't bought it, please go grab it on Amazon, the Everything Token. If you have bought it and you've read it or cracked it open or enjoyed it or started to listen to it, um, if you like audiobooks, Scott and I narrate the audiobook. If you like Kindle, it's available there too. It's available in all countries, anywhere books are sold. And if you are feeling so kind, drop a five-star review or any review, honestly. I, I don't even ask for five stars. I don't want you to give your honest opinion, but 
reviews really, really, really help on Amazon because it shows volume. It shows people care. So it's awesome. It's popping off. It's awesome. It's catching a bit. It's getting some good volume. But like the really big next step for us is we need people to know because there are going to be people who literally buy this book and then just just murder it because they're like, well, NFTs are, it's going to happen. I'm telling you, it's going to happen. Like, I feel like it's going to happen. I hope not, but I can see it happening. So, you know, anybody out there giving a, um, giving a review would very much appreciate it. Not everyone's going to resonate. So helping get, give the reviews that the web three people authentically can help understand and gift it to a friend because we want more people to learn about it. But, uh, go ahead and continue dragon. Yeah. Yeah. No. Um, congrats. It's so exciting. And, you know, I've been in the ordinal stuff for now. You know, I went through an incubator, a startup incubator for, for the company that I'm building uh, last fall in the ordinal and Bitcoin ecosystem uh, and have been following it closely. And, um, you know, seeing OCM, and I've been in OCM for you know, over two years now and seeing, uh, seeing the uh, innovation that's happening, you know, with Danny and his team and every, all of the kind of OG developers that are building uh, Bitcoin protocols, uh, building all the tools that we saw develop on the Ethereum side, you know, for um, you know, to to build on the er- earlier point, like somebody is right now building the Uniswap of Bitcoin. Um, but it's really exciting and seeing OCM and Danny kind of lead the way, um, you know, on uh, the OCM side has been fascinating to watch, um, you know, really closely. And so the Karma Coin, you know, congrats to Fitzy and and uh, for pulling a lot of that stuff together and Amanda, you know, and everybody covered the karma coin, but I would say to the audience, you know, now is a great time to uh, go to onchainmonkey.com and learn about that ecosystem and that, that world, because, you know, I think it's just the beginning and what they're doing on Bitcoin. One thing people don't realize about Bitcoin is um, that took me a while to kind of appreciate is that it's, you know, two and a half to three times larger of just a network than Ethereum. And so what, when a lot of artists are, and, it, and it's obviously um, uh, runs on Bitcoin. And so the valuations like Fitzy was saying are naturally higher. And so there's tons of artists that are, that are now inscribing their art and collections on Bitcoin and doing really well. And I think it's just the beginning for ordinals. So anybody that's been ignoring them, you know, for a while, now's a good time to, to reevaluate it and dig into some of that stuff. But um, and then the last point I'll make really quickly is on the AI art stuff. Like, I think you covered it so well, Steve. And I think for you to write a book and be able to, um, you know, have a musical talent and play the piano and then, and then, you know, say that you're not an artist, um, I think is just a disservice to yourself. You're a creator and a builder and a visionary. And, you know, I think that people don't, you know, what, you know, I have an art collection that I've been working on um, that I'm going to be releasing on, on, uh, on ordinals soon. And, you know, one thing that I've thought about um, recently is that nobody will, will um, ever come to you and say like, Oh, Hey, you're, you're now an artist. Like you're never like, nobody decides that for you. You have to decide that yourself. And I think that, you know, whether it's AI or music or writing a book, or if you're a musician, I think that, you know, everybody has artistry inside themselves. And, um, and so, you know, I think using AI is just another tool, like you were saying, that helps so many more people get access to uh, to be able to do really cool stuff. So um, super excited for everybody out there creating stuff and and uh, and happy new year as well. No, thanks. I, I, you know what? This harkens back to like one of my favorite TEDx talks uh, called uh, Leading with Lollipops. It's a six minute TED talk. Won't take you very long. Um, Leading with Lollipops. Really enjoy it. And one of the concepts behind it 
that I really liked about it is the, the guy who's giving it talks about how people have problems saying, you know, basically branding themselves as leader when you can do everyday leadership by those little small acts and what they can mean to people in their lives. And, you know, he asks like how many people consider that, like he asks how many people have, I don't remember how he starts it off, honestly. I need a refresher because it's been so long. And I used to send it to everybody who co- would come work in my group in any in any uh, function when I was at Progressive and Nestle because it was like important for me to understand like this is my idea of leadership. Leadership isn't this big, you know, I always tell people thanks for your leadership and people will be like, whoa, like you're calling me a leader. I was like, leadership isn't defined by you're in an executive position at a company. Leadership is defined by how you carry yourself on a daily basis and the way you approach things and the way you approach people. And so a lot of people have problems calling themselves a leader, myself included. It's like not something that you're comfortable saying. I think people have this you know, thought where it's like, are you being conceited if you call yourself a leader or an artist or something that you might be? Like, I seriously, I'm not kidding. My wife has had this conversation with me. I have trouble calling myself an author. I have published a book that has sold thousands of copies to people across the world uh, and was, you know, trending in Amazon in multiple categories, holding number one, two, and four positions in new releases in computers and tech, right? And I have problem, and I don't, I like sheepishly call myself an author. Like if someone asks what I do for a living, I don't lead with that. And it's like, I should, right, have that conversation. I, you know, I put it on my website, but it's like, I basically have to fight to, you know, be fought with tooth and nail to do so because I have a problem with that. So I just, I think for that, it's like people have problems pegging themselves something. And so when you say like, I don't call myself an artist, I, 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 I don't know that I ever can, but I even like people say like, you play piano and I'll be like, my wife will roll her eyes. I'll be like, I don't really play piano because I don't read music and play it like I'm reading a book. Right. Like, and if I do have sheet music, I can read it, but it takes me a while to kind of like work my way through it. But I can hear a song and pick it up and play. I've written music on piano, but I will 1000% downgrade my skills if I'm talking about piano. If I'm like, yeah, I play piano. Like, yeah, I've written songs, things like that. But like, I mostly just doodle around. I can't play entire songs. And people are like, look, you can play stuff that sounds like music. Like that means you play piano, but I have trouble with that. And so to me, like those things are very, very hard to give ourselves credit for. And I think it's just a mental thing we all deal with. So like for you saying like people won't think I'm an artist or I won't be an artist, like you'll be an artist and I will be the first person to tell you you're an artist. And then I will go ahead or turn around the other way and not even call myself an author. So uh, do as I say, not as I do is in the classic way. But I think a lot of people wrestle with that um, because you feel and there's a bunch of mental reasons like right. Like if someone considers themselves to be the term successful, maybe then they would be saying that they are not no longer hungry or no longer have a chip on their shoulder. Maybe it's because they feel conceited doing so, but it's hard. And so I appreciate like you saying that number one and number two, uh, you know, I'll point the mirror right back at you and say, you are an artist and it's going to be awesome when you come out with your art and that's great. And like, I don't look at art as, you know, like again, I'll, I'll do it for other people. I just do a poor job with myself. And I think that's just probably my own, you know, insecurities and issues, but I think a lot of people have that same problem. So Definitely recommend checking out Leading with Lollipops as like sort of a primer for that. Uh, a great, again, great TEDx talk, one of my faves, um, and really does a great job explaining it. Um, let's uh, let's kick it over to Fitzy, and then we'll probably close down from there. And I will. Uh, I'm getting back to normal. I'm going to take my dog for a walk, which is like something I don't normally get to do. I haven't been doing since the past three, four months because I've been so busy. So I'm actually going to get out of the house, take my dog for a walk, maybe stretch. Uh, maybe even work out. Maybe we'll get really crazy. Uh, but go ahead, Fizzy, get back in. <laughs> it's funny. It's funny you said that. I'm literally being jumped on by. I've got a Labrador puppy who's um, stop it, Molly. Um, she's trying to attack me. 
Oh, um, fuck yes, Labrador's <laughs> man. Best. The, the timing of you saying that, she woke up, jumped off the sofa, came over, and is now sort of licking slash biting my hand. But anyway, we'll let that happen. In terms of the, um, you, you know, yourself and your book and the success that you're having, and you know, if you want to come and speak on the space later, you're invited, and I will introduce you as, you know, Steve the author, and uh, we'll just bring you on and we'll let's let's change that behaviour, mate. I, I think about this a lot. It's it happens all the time. I mean, it comes down to, if you want to reduce it down to verbiage, it's like, it's imposter syndrome, right? And you, it's the narratives that we tell ourselves. You know, I've lived the majority of my life not doing X and therefore that, you know, now that only 0.01% of my life has been doing this thing, regardless of the quality of which I'm doing it at, I find it difficult to call myself that thing. But um, I mean, it's the most human experience. So yeah, I can relate. There are some great materials on this too. I appreciate that, Fitzy, first of all. And your, re your point on the rewiring is exactly correct. There are some really good talks on this. So Tony Robbins was recently on the Theo Vaughn podcast. He's somebody I actually really enjoy. And like, I think his understanding of behavioral psychology as natural is really interesting, which again, funny, people would say like, someone might even say, oh, Tony Robbins, people in behavioral psychology might say he's a big sham because he didn't go to school and do all this stuff. But my answer would be, he gets it more than anybody and he knows how to hone it in. And he talks about the way you can rewire your brain. And one thing I'm particularly good at, but like, you know, I, I will say that I feel good about is like, you know, he gives this example of like, if somebody is late for dinner, you get the choice to how you react to that and wire your brain to how you feel. You get the choice to have those neural pathways to react the way you want. Someone is late for dinner. My immediate thought is, are they okay? Did something go wrong? Are they hurt? Did they get in an accident? Someone else might react. And he said this, and I don't really think about this is, oh my God, they're late again. They always do this. This is a problem. And like, don't get me wrong. There are people who are always fucking late and I'm going to have that thought about it because it's like, look, that, that happens. But generally speaking, my first reaction when something goes wrong or I don't hear back from someone is, I hope they're okay, right? And for a lot of people, it's they're being rude. And, and I just, I always think everybody has their own reasons for things. Everybody has their own experience. And more often than not, things are not malicious, right? And, so, and I also want to have grace because I want to have grace I want people to have grace the same time, the same way for me. If somebody cuts me off at traffic, cuts me off in traffic or zooms around me, maybe that person has a pregnant person in the car and they're getting to the hospital. Maybe that person is somebody who's going to the hospital because they got hurt. Maybe that person's going to a job interview. Either way, if I am not in demand, and even if I am in a hurry to get something, nothing's worth risking you know, my, my life or something. So if someone cuts me off at traffic or someone's tailgating me, I get over, I let them pass me and I get back over because- you know, I could yell, I could wave, I could sh put my middle finger up, but I don't know what that person, and maybe they're just an asshole, but maybe they're not. Or maybe the one time they cut you off was just like the time I'm sure everyone in this room has cut someone off without realizing it and being like, oh, crap, I didn't mean to do that, right? Like, oh, I didn't realize I was going to cut them off. Like, and maybe it was that one time for that person. They were a tremendous driver. So I benefited the doubt. So your point about that is, is sound, but there's actually a really good talk by a psychiatrist or psychologist, I don't know, I, I don't know the correct terms on this, the, uh, basically a therapist who's worked with a bunch of celebrities, she's an English lady, and she has this whole concept of I am enough, where she actually like teaches her like people who are, um, you know, she works with, they like write in lipstick on the mirror, I am enough, and she makes them send it to each other, and she makes them put it on their phone background and all these other things, and she's like, the way you can rewire your brain just by speaking it into existence is really powerful. And I've undergone that exercise and it has been incredibly powerful for me because I had this like unlock where a lot of what I was doing when I would be feeling down is reactive. I would wait till I was down then I would have songs that would get me back up like, okay, I'm not going to give up on myself or whatever. When really 
just like anything else, there's proactivity you can do to prevent those things in the first place. So um, that idea of like rewiring your brain to say, yes, me is like something that I have been actively trying to work on and I still suck at, but I'm sure a lot of people do too. I think that, you know, there's also the danger of like, everybody's met those people in the workplace who they're like, whatever imposter syndrome is, that person has the opposite of it. Like they think that they belong in every room to talk to every person. And you never want to be that person who's not self-aware, who doesn't realize like, oh, wow, like I'm, you know, pretending to be the expert on every single thing and I'm not. And so I think a lot of people get caught in that where they get worried and there's a middle ground to be had where it's like, you can know your exact place in the world or pretty close to it and be realistic about it while trying to improve and shoot, shoot up and get better about it. So in any case, really good conversation this morning, and, and Fitzy, appreciate that. And if I can swing by, I will make it. I'm not sure if I can. just depends on what else I got going on today. But look, appreciate everyone coming by this morning. Appreciate that the book tweets are still coming in. I'm not kidding when I say this has been three of the best days of my life and how this has gone down because we could not have asked for an organic launch where people are tweeting and sharing a book all over the timeline. I've never seen anything like it before. It really just warms my heart from this community and what people are saying. Hundreds of people just sending DMs, posting about it means the world to me. As I said, if you're out there and you've read it or you started to read it and you like what you're doing, don't forget to leave an Amazon review. Um, again, there's probably you know 10 reviews up now. Uh, if we can get those numbers up, those are rookie numbers. We got to pump them up. The more we get, the better we get, the better it kind of flies. And you know, we appreciate that uh, with everyone helping because that's what's going to get people to know like this is a good resource and a good educational resource, which we truly believe it is. That said, great conversation this morning across the board. Uh, talked about a little OCM, got them up here. And it's so funny that, you know, Amanda and team dropped by because, you know, specifically, like I had said to Cap, I'm like, I'm going to convince you to bridge your OCM today. And then I see Amanda in the crowd and I'm like, okay, she's coming up. All right, let's have this conversation. So, Got out in front of it, exactly what I'm saying. Like, look, if you bridge your OCM, that Alexis Andre airdrop or Alexis Andre claim, uh, you're going to have a better chance of getting that. I don't think everyone's getting one, but you're going to have an opportunity. Uh, the Karma coin, that is announced. So there is going to be an airdrop no matter what. So let's say that Karma coin is, you know, for an OCM holder, you know, a couple thousand dollars or a few thousand dollars or whatever they're predicting it to be. Who knows? But if you have a Genesis and some Karmas and you're getting that, like, that's not nothing. That's not nothing. So it's like, you know, a, a small bridge fee uh, is something to have there if that's what you want to do with it. So um, definitely an exciting time for me, and I will, be, uh, I will be paying close attention to that. That said, appreciate everyone who stopped by this morning. We will let everyone sail off into their day, and we'll see everybody bright and early tomorrow morning. Don't forget, we got Ben from the Killer Bears on here. Looking forward to talking about everything they are building because – Again, that 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 video they released, the the cinematic masterpiece they released, maybe the single best piece of content like of that sort I've seen come out of Web three. Uh, really excited to talk to them about that and where they're going. They're bridge the soul in the whole nine yards. Uh, we will talk to everybody bright and early tomorrow morning at eight a.m. Have a wonderful, wonderful day, everybody. This episode is brought to you by DGen Network, the only community-based Web3 media network, bringing you the very best content in the NFT and cryptocurrency space. Please visit dgen.network and check out our other great shows. That's DGen, D-G-E-N dot network. Welcome to the future.